What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening. This is episode of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. We got a lot to get to on today's show. Kendall, I I, 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 I introduced myself as EJ Stewart, but I think I should uh, go by a new name, uh, Scoop Stewart or, uh, or Nostradamus Stewart, because a uh, month after I suggested on this show that the Spurs should trade Kawhi Leonard to the Raptors, that the Raptors should aggressively go after Kawhi Leonard. The Spurs traded Kawhi Leonard today after the Toronto Raptors uh, incre- uh, enhanced their pursuit of him over the last week or so. So Kawhi Leonard is headed north of the border to fight for the north. He'll be playing for the Raptors after a trade that included uh, DeMar DeRozan being sent back to the San Antonio Spurs. Pretty much the exact swap I said that should happen happened. It's rare I make those kind of calls, Kendall, but I got to say, I got this one quite right. So we'll talk a lot about that at the top of the show. Also, later on in the show, there's a lot of baseball stuff happening. Uh, we haven't talked a lot of baseball on this show. Well, they always say the baseball season starts at the All-Star break. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, boy, did it start at the All-Star break. We had uh, a an eventful All-Star break, I would say for sure. Um, good, bad, indifferent, or you know whatever we want to have it. You had... Um, one, we had a great All-Star weekend. Uh, the Home Run Derby was fantastic. All-Star game was fantastic. That was great stuff, and I think Major League Baseball always does a great job with their All-Star festivities. But then we had a massive trade. It was immediately, pretty much a day after the game. May Machado, All-Star, uh, third baseman for the Orioles. He's going out west to play for the Dodgers. He was traded today as well, so we'll talk about that trade. We'll talk about what I think are some interesting comments from the commissioner Rob Manfred about uh, the best player in baseball, Mike Trout, and uh, his responsibility in his lack of uh, marketability, which I think is pretty interesting. Pretty bold statements. We'll, we'll discuss those, and then unfortunately, uh, the issue surrounding Josh Hader, who is uh, who is being uh, using my water, using my water, to say at least for some. Uh, old tweets very bad old tweets that we'll talk about as well um and can i have a very hot take on mr Doral Rivas, who called it a career after 11 season in the nfl i'm a tease that i don't want to give it away what that take is about mr Rivas, but i think we're having a fun conversation you're a a res our resident pit panther fan on the show shout so, out to uh Darrell Rivas, man you know last week was a rough week for pit football with Sean McCoy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. So it's two he, weeks in a row we're doing uh, pit stuff. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, I had to sneak this stuff onto the show. But uh, good to get it back to the positivity of pit football. You know, one of the legends. Also, Larry Fitzgerald came out today and said he's only going to play for one team in his career. We'll never play for another team. So, shout out to another uh, pit football legend, man. I think DeMar DeRozan wanted to do the same thing, but the Raptors didn't quite get that message. Solid segue. Solid segue. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I've been doing this for a little while. So let's talk about that trade, which, again, as I said before, I feel like I deserve a, the new name of Nostradamus Stewart. I was Babe Ruth in Yankee Stadium calling my shot. Oh, yeah. I said that the Spurs should trade Kawhi Leonard to the Raptors for DeMar DeRozan and that the trade – made all the sense in the world for all the parties involved, including Kawhi Leonard, and that exactly is what happened. But in case you might not believe me, I think you guys should take a look, listen rather, 
to what I said just not that long ago. This was last month, June 19th, on our pre-draft show, talking about the prospects of where Kawhi Leonard should go. Take a listen. What is the perfect fit for Kawhi and for the uh, the San Antonio Spurs? Perfect. I, I have one. I have one. I think it's easy. I think it's simple. I think it works for both teams. I think it works for Kawhi. I think it works for Serge the Spurs. It's Philly. No. Not Philly. It is a swap of DeMar DeRozan for, oh, for, for Kawhi Leonard. This has to happen. I don't know how it hasn't happened already. If you're the Toronto Raptors. In Toronto is because I feel like you, if you're trading DeRozan, I I see there's the logic. I know you're going to get to it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll let you finish. Because, look, the okay, let's say the elephant out of the room. The obvious thing is you're Toronto. You're giving up an all-star, printing all-star player for what – is likely a one-year rental, though we don't really know. But it, it's likely a one-year Paul, rental. Sold Paul George. Anything could happen. We don't know. It's it's very up in the air. My logic to that is very simple. The Raptors should be rebuilding anyway. There's no avenue with this roster with DeRozan as a star player that they can win a title. So, it, we've seen that very clearly. So my thing is, go after. It for I don't. A year. I don't want Demar Derozan for four years or however long his. Contract you want to get out of the contract. Is. Get out of that contract. They need to move on, and like, what way? What better way could you do that and get an elite star talent on a one-year deal? On a one-year deal, there's there's no other player in the NBA you could do that for. So, if I'm Toronto, I make that swap and I say, "Look, Kawhi, I know you don't want to stay here, but like, we have awesome fans, and with our new coach, who's really just like our old coach, but our new coach, and we'll see what we do with Lowry, but this now." There's no question that if you trade Kawhi for DeMar DeRozan, this is a radically different team. Kendall, I think Masai Jerry may be listening to this podcast. I think maybe Greg Popovich may be listening to this podcast. I got to check our numbers to see if we have any uh, any traction in, the, in the, the San Antonio area or the six in terms of the listeners we have. Because, Kendall, what I laid out is basically what is happening right now. If they were listening, then that means that they were only listening to one of us. Because uh, if we played the whole clip back in uh, June, I was very skeptical of this idea. I, I, I thought it was a, uh, from Toronto's perspective, I understand from San Antonio's perspective, this makes ton, a ton of sense. Uh, especially given what some of the offers were on the table. But from Toronto's perspective, I think this is uh, a foolish trade to make. Foolish. Foolish, yeah. Well, it's bold words. Well, You're getting fo- an all-star, possibly well, a top five foolish, player in the league. It's, it's foolish if you don't make the NBA Finals, which they've they've got a shot. So maybe I can't say foolish, but um, it just doesn't seem like the smart play. Because if you're Toronto, I, I, I totally agree that getting Kawhi Leonard makes them a massively better team from having DeMar DeRozan. You know, if they go from I mean, they already the one seed in the East, you get Kawhi Leonard, you'll probably still be the one seed, and now in the playoffs, your value Kawhi Leonard's value in the playoffs is massively higher than Demar Derozan's value in the playoffs. So you're a much better team, uh, and much better chances of winning a championship. But my problem is, do you feel like you're the best team in the East? Maybe they do. But Boston's still very much there. Philadelphia's coming. 
Milwaukee still may have the best player in the Eastern Conference for all we know, depending on how Greek Freak develops next mm-hmm. year. Although I would say the Greek Freak that we saw versus prime Kawhi Leonard, I'll take Kawhi Leonard. But that's not saying that's not considering me Kawhi. Kawhi saw last year, I'll take Greek Freak. Sure. So we'll 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 have to see how Kawhi shakes out. But um, they, I mean, Milwaukee may have the best player in the conference, so it's still not an automatic guarantee that Toronto's getting out of the East. But that's not my bigger problem. Because I understand taking the shot for, to win a championship. And I understand it makes them better. There's no argument against that. My argument is that when you look at the best rebuilds, because I agree with your theory that Toronto's better off rebuilding. Right. Running it back with DeRozan and these clowns. Let's we'll call them clowns. <laughs> DeRozan and these, these players <laughs> wasn't going wasn't gonna to win them a championship. I think we all knew that. Maybe they could have gotten to the finals. If they got lucky, some injuries, some you know, some good tips here or there, some some good balls, but um, they weren't being Golden State, they weren't being Houston, probably wouldn't be the Lakers because they're scared of LeBron. So, what was the sense in running it back? My problem is that if you're gonna blow it up, you don't blow it up for guys a one year rental and hopes that he comes back. You blow it up in the way the Celtics blew it up. Remember, EJ, I'm a Celtics fan, obviously in twenty, I want to say it was twenty twelve or 2013, rather, we had the chance to blow up this this uh, the big three that won the championship, the KG Paul Pierce yeah. team. Danny Ainge always says, look, he was part of the Larry Bird team. He said, we made a mistake holding on to the old guys too long, and that's why the Celtics were bad for 10 years in the 90s. So this time, he had the chance himself to run the team, and he got rid of KG and Paul Pierce a year earlier than people expected, a year mm-hmm. earlier than... Their value may be determined when they should have been moved. So, what they get back? A king's ransom. Uh, now, it's still probably more than what they, the Nets should have given up at the time. But still, and I mean, even me as a Celtics fan, and most people thought the Nets won the trade, you know, at the time. So, um, the way I look at it, the reason the Celtics have had this rebuild that they've had now, one, Brad Stevens, but two, it's the assets that they got back from the Brooklyn Nets right. to uh, get rid of KG and Paul Pierce. If the Raptors, the Raptors have the assets, probably more assets, but have at least the assets that the Celtics had at that same time. Aging superstars who could still play and still very well much contribute to any playoff. Sure. Um, so if you're the Raptors, now teams aren't going to get swindled like the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. So it's fair to say, like, you're not getting three first-round picks, five first-round picks if you count the pick swaps. That's not going to happen. But can you at least start your rebuild off on a really good start? I mean, would I have – I would have rather traded DeMar DeRozan to Philly. Now, Philly's a division rival, so you're taking all that consideration, obviously. But I would have rather traded him to Philly for the number 10 pick. Would Philly have done that? I would have done that if I were Philly. I'd rather have DeMar DeRozan than – Zaire Smith. So <laughs> definitely I'm sure they definitely would. And then you could have drafted Shea Gilders Alexander or somebody. Now you got your Canadian point guard of the future. Um now, uh, apparently they were super high on him from what we had heard before the draft. Um you could have traded Lowry for another first round pick, could have traded Lowry for some other good young player in the league. And now maybe you've got and you could have traded these guys for picks. Now you've got assets. You already have Ananubi, you already have Fred VanVleet. So my problem is why do this for a guy that's going to leave in a year, more than likely, and now you're starting from nearly ground zero. Because now yeah. you're going to be a bad team. Well, you're going to be good, 
So you're going to have a late first-round pick, no Kawhi Leonard, and you're going to be saying, look, OG's our guy. He's the franchise player now. And now you're subjecting the city of Toronto to absolute misery for three, four years. When they could have been bad this year, maybe tanked to get maybe the greatest future Canadian basketball player of all time in R.J. Barrett, the greatest Canadian basketball prospect of all time, I'll say that, in R.J. Barrett. And now the Raptors are right back. And now they're looking like maybe where the Celtics are being or maybe where the Philly, the Philadelphia 76ers are. Instead, look, they have one year to get it done. But if they don't, Musai Ujiri is going to be out of a job. You make all valid points. So many that it's impossible to get to all of them. <laughs> but just in terms of attacking why I think this is the way to go as opposed to the pieces of trying to get maybe trade this guy for one trade get trade this guy for another trade and i think you kind of kind of i think you knew i was gonna say you kind of jumped to the shark and got ahead of the argument but the idea that you're gonna get good value for your star players now we're seeing is just that idea is 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 fool's goal to me i think uh we've seen several players since that net trade get traded star players and we've seen them get traded for pennies on the dollar we've seen amazing the value Marcus cousins get traded we've seen jimmy butler get traded we've seen paul george get traded we've seen carmelo anthony get traded we've seen several of these scenarios where a team is trying to get yeah all very good players star players better than demar Derozan. mellow wasn't yeah but not mellow but like Um, jimmy butler and I don't know if I can say that. Paul George. I mean, De- no, Dero- DeRozan had a great season this year. Yeah, yeah, he had a good year. It, it, I mean, it's a there's so a I, there's, the there's a conversation of there's a conversation of do you believe in what in the regular season success he had and what that means for a mental player. That's a conversation that people and are look, having today. We're going to see DeRozan next year, and well, we'll get to DeRozan later. But the point being, we might look at DeRozan next year and be like, "Wow, this guy was just good. I didn't realize that." But I don't think it'll be because he was so great in Toronto and we didn't realize it. But point being, I think there's a good chance he may get better playing under Popovich. But continue. And that's possible. But my thing is, if you're the Raptors, I don't know. Like In, in trying to make that rebuild and go with that fire sale, I just don't know. I think you, when you talk about you're going to start from zero after this year, Kawhi leaves, I think you might be starting from close to zero anyway. Would you be a little better off? Possibly. But remember when you talk about trading those guys, it's not just trading for the pick. You got to match the money. So DeRozan has a twenty-seven million dollar uh, cap uh, cap number. So I, I can't just trade with the Sixers and say, "Give me your tenth round, your number ten pick." I know they had cap rooms made. That was a little different, but that would have been a tricky situation. How you work that? All or right, some other me, teams. Give me a bad player, and a, that's what the Celtics. But did. no, but now the Celtics you, but, are like, look, all right, I know the Nets yeah, can't they, match. They, they ate, give me Joe Humphreys and, and give me Wallace. Humphreys, right. give me Bogans, give me all these scrubs, and give me all your first round picks. But I think the and Nets were like, okay. The, but the Nets Celtics situation was the perfect storm of the Celtics. I think having some foresight to see this, and I think that people like me not immediately, but days after, weeks after, and then especially during the season. You kind of saw, oh, this like this is going to be the last year the Nets are in the playoffs. So this could really the bottom could really fall out after this year. Oh yeah, could I, be think, in I think people do this was a possibility, right? I think the worry for Celtics fans always from day one of the trade was like, 
while like worst case scenario ended up coming true, like for the Nets, best case yeah. scenario for Celtics fans ended up coming true, which was the Nets were terrible for like a decade. Yeah, the most likely at the time scenario was all right. The Nets, big market team, they'll middle, sign middle guys. Middle of the pack, you yeah. know, they'll always be competitive. Yeah, they'll be a middle of the pack playoff. You know, team, they'll least. be like the Knicks, you know, for a while. But the Knicks, I mean, the Nets just completely bottomed, they bottomed out. out in a way that they almost bottomed out like intentionally. At one, I mean, at one point they really hit the switch of like you know what. We're gonna be bad. We, we understand. <laughs> right. We're not even trying to <laughs> Which fix the situation. Because if they would have tried to fix it, it would have been taking on more money. Yeah, yeah, more exactly. situation. It would have been more foolish. Right. It so they been a luxury tax. They did. They they if they didn't compound the mistake like the Knicks kept doing in the mid two thousands. Yeah. It's like our crowd cap's terrible. Let's take on more bad contracts <laughs> yeah, exactly. and do more bad deals. And and try to fix the situation. Forty wins this time. Yeah. That they didn't do that. That was to their credit. It might it might actually help them in the long run. Yeah. Now they have some decent young pieces. Right. So, so, so that helped him in that case. But I just don't know if you're going to be getting those kind of pieces for those guys. We both agree that a rebuild in Toronto was necessary. But you agree that you probably could have gotten a top. You could have gotten a lottery pick in this year's draft for Maybe DeRozan. Two. Definitely, you might have been able to get one for Lowry. Possibly. Like yeah. Denver maybe said like, look, we'll give you. I mean, imagine if they came out of the draft with Shea Gilgis Alexander and Michael Porter. Now it's a total risk. It's totally like we're going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year. Right. But then you can have another top five pick next year if they're really bad. But it also it also is hen- is it hedges on you getting your pick right too. There's a there's a risk with that as well. You can't swing and miss on that pick if you if you decide to go that route. Like Kawhi you know, Leonard, you're, you know getting, you're getting you know yeah. you're getting a, a proven commodity with Kawhi Leonard even for even for one year. And if for that one year you get to the NBA Finals. I don't care if he leaves. That's man, worth Danny it. Age, he For, didn't, Danny Ainge didn't miss, man. Cause, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he didn't, didn't miss, miss with any one of those picks. But when you're the, when you're Toronto, you're that city. You've never been to the NBA Finals. You're in another country. I'm sorry. I think the the the, the chance of get a legitimate chance of getting to the NBA Finals, legitimate. Because I think we all agree it's legitimate now. Yeah, it's legitimate. If Kawhi is there, and, and he's, he's the the one guy from in. yeah year, a year ago, yeah. They have a legitimate shot of going to the NBA Finals. For that city, that's absolutely worth it, even for one year. That's memories for that city that they'll never forget. So if if they make it to the Finals and they lose, and Kawhi and Kawhi leaves, you think that this is a, a success? Yeah, absolutely. They uh, went to the NBA Finals. I it's the Toronto the, Raptors. I, I, have, I have to see what the post Kawhi Raptors look like, but. It'll be a complete mess. But I know what the, what the the that's the problem. That's my second point is that I know what the DeRozan Lowry Raptors look like. They're a second round exit. Oh, yeah, and we're and, all and about that. So like, I so mean, when I see what agree. the what the post DeRozan Raptors look like, I don't really care. Well, but couldn't the couldn't the RJ Barrett Raptors look pretty good in two years? They may still look really good. Well, not this year, but my my point is that that. If Kawhi doesn't resign, that inevitable, they're going to be getting a lot of high draft picks. They're going to be towards the bottom of the lottery. That's, that time seems They could have gotten be, Andrew Wiggins. That time seems to be inevitable. They could have either kept DeRozan, who's in, under contract at $27 million a year for the next three years, kept Lowry, who signed long-term for the next two or three years, and kept doing the same thing they were doing and prolonging this barely, you know, barely getting past the first round, Fighting to get past the second round, maybe you get the Econs Finals, then you get swept or something like that. They could have kept doing that for the next two years when we know that these guys and then they're, they're not old players, but I mean Lowry is not is Lowry's seen his best basketball. I can't say that he's gonna be better than he's been 
like this year or last year. DeRozan is probably in his peak. I would be surprised if he finds another level, though we can talk about him in a second on the Spurs. Um, I, at least with the Raptors, I would be surprised if he, finds, he found yeah, another he, level. Yeah, I, we yeah. saw what DeRozan was as a Toronto Raptor. Yeah. So if I know what that situation is, and I know what that, that looks like, and I see the, the Sixers are only going to get better, the Celtics only going to get better, no and I right, and the Raptors seem to be stuck in no man's land, where you're basically saying, "I hope OG Anunoby turns into a stud, and Pirtle turns into a stud." Like, we just gotta see what happens with these guys. They're young role players. I'm sorry, I'm not waiting around for those guys to hope that they can make up for the the small declines I see from my star players. It doesn't make any sense. So you have a shot now to get to the NBA Finals, and if you don't make it, this the Raptors have proven. Despite what people say, that they can get players there. Good luck doing it now, man. I see what you're saying. You got hey, look, Lou Williams calling yes. Messiah Snake on look, Twitter. They're gonna have issues with that, but still, they they that was the got DeRozan to resign. They signed Lowry as a free agent, and then they resigned him. So and traded DeRozan two days after. Look, uh, the trade. After telling I, you, I can't, at the summer, I, I, can't, I can't explain what Masai was telling DeRozan and all that stuff. That's on him. And DeRozan's a popular player, man. Absolutely. Like everyone respects DeRozan. Because he seems like, he seems like a good dude. Yeah, I feel like he'd be somebody that anyone could like. You know, the players love him. So, I get all that. But the Raptors, this idea that the Raptors could never get talent to Toronto has proven not to be true. They've gotten, they've they've made free agent signings and gotten guys to Canada I, when they've nice had city. the money. From everything we everything we know, Toronto's one of the five be- best NBA cities. It's just it's in Canada, so nobody's trying to play in Canada. Right, the guys that like the gotten, guys that, that that go to Toronto say, "Oh yeah, this place is amazing." You know, DeRozan loves the city. You know, I honestly the one thing that's helped the Raptors more than anything is Drake. Because Drake yeah. is, oh, yeah. I mean, Toronto went from being, oh, that's the team in Canada where it's cold and it's it's not in America, to now, oh, that's Drake's team. Yeah. And the now squad. they're cool. You know, like, DeMar DeRozan being shouted out in raps. Like, it's, 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 it's a cool thing to be a Toronto Raptor now. So that'll certainly help them. But this is a bad look, man. No, look. I, and, 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 and here's the thing about. Do, well, you go. Yeah, no, here's the thing about the, the loyalty aspect. I don't know why Masai would tell him he wasn't going to get traded and then he trades him. I I, I can't explain that. Uh, I don't know. I can't. I don't know what to say other than that. That's surprised. That, that's Unless surprised me to do that. Unless maybe DeRozan understood I mean, maybe. It differently. I don't know. Masai did. But that's 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 drastic. I don't know. I don't. I you know for that if, if that was a case where it would, that's not what he said and DeRozan running around telling people that's what he was told. Um, yeah, you know what a. We're not gonna trade you. Sounds like right. What I will say is, if I'm Masai Ujiri, there was no reason based on how DeRozan played and that team played in the playoffs that I should have been telling anyone you're untouchable. You're untouchable. I mean, if he did that, that was foolish. Yeah, regardless if he thought that, that was foolish. Yeah. If he thought in his head, ah, oh, these guys, I'm and not getting rid of, and something materializing changed, I'm like, well, you were that was dumb to think that you those guys were untouchable. Because yeah. they earned nothing with how they played in the postseason. I don't care what they did in the regular season. The way they laid down against Cleveland, that was a disgrace. So those guys, so that, so my my sympathy for DeRozan 
only goes so far. It goes far to say, okay, if you were told you weren't going to trade and you get traded, I feel bad for you. But the whole he signed long term, he didn't look at any other places. He was, I don't care about all that. I'm sorry, it's a business. We got dudes signing five, five the the mid level exception to play for the Warriors, leaving their teams. We got Kevin Durant joining up with the Warriors. LeBron's changing teams every one or two years. Just there's just can we just keep it 100 and say there's no loyalty in the NBA? Like, and that is what it is. I don't like. I, I don't get that. Like, this player outrage is so, is is kind of it. Kind of I looked at it. And I kind of rolled my eyes because I'm all for and I've I've written about it. I talked about it on the show. I'm all for the player empowerment. Guys being able to say where they want to be, where they want to go, and and using that power to change the league. Whether we like it or not, I think that's great that the players have that ability. But if you want that ability, you can't then come back. And then cry spilled milk when they get rid of you. Regardless if you sign long term. These teams for these other guys have been willing to give these guys $100 million max contracts, full five-year deals. Yeah. And they've turned that down to take lesser deals to just team up with another super team. Yeah, these guys. Loyalty is dead in the NBA. Yeah. I don't hear one player mention the word loyalty in any of these situations. I mean, it's Leonard, over. Kawhi Leonard. Like embellish an injury for a year so that he didn't. Play so that he so he can go to Los Angeles. Yeah. This is if if Demar Derozan wants to blame anyone for him getting traded and there being no loyalty, he should be looking at LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Demarcus Cousins and all these guys who have done this. He shouldn't be looking at the Raptors. This is the this is the culture that's been created. This was this is what they wanted with free agency. They wanted this kind of power back in the eighties nineties. Teams weren't just just getting rid of their star players the way they are now, this is what it is. And they got to live with it. It come, There's consequences. There's a yin and yang to every advantage that you have. This yeah. is the, 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 the uh, I guess, effect of the culture that's been created through the player empowerment that we've seen with their, their ability to, to, to move and, and shift teams. What I'll say about the loyalty thing real quick is that I don't think that the Raptors' future will be affected that much because of it. Only because I look at the Celtics, and people were saying that same tune about Boston after the Isaiah Thomas trade, how no one's ever going to want to go there again. And they, they, they uh, you know, clowned this guy, and, you know, they, they traded him in a second after, you know, his sister died, and he yeah. played on a hip injury. And... I mean, look. I mean, I don't know what Kyrie Irving. Al Horford, Horford did, did he? Well, he signed before. Was he there before? He was there before. Yeah, before. Okay. And Gordon Hayward was also before. But Paul George was thinking about going to Boston, apparently. And Chris Paul, well, that was also before. But Chris. Why Leonard? I mean, Kyrie welcomed the trade to the Celtics. Yeah, Kyrie wanted to be in Boston. He knew. He, he knew very well. I'm. He knew. I'm getting traded for Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> he was like, "This is great. I love it." You know. I mean, these guys. And I, still, nobody's thinking like, and Kawhi Leonard. We don't know what he. Apparently, he didn't want to go to Boston, but he didn't want to go to anywhere besides LA. But I don't think Kawhi Leonard would have been like, "Oh no, I'm a Celtic." You know, like this is that's the snake franchise that traded Isaiah Thomas. These guys don't think. About or, or I go a step further. LeBron James and his camp, rightfully so, put Dan Gilbert on blast for the letter he put out there. And the campaign against Dan Gilbert moving forward after his letter when LeBron left through the other players, through the media, was very obvious. 
and fair. I'm not saying anything they did was wrong. What that dude did was crazy. Um, but LeBron James went right back to Cleveland. He went back. He went right back to play for Guys that Guys do what's, what's smartest and what's best for Because them. you know why? It's a business. So, like, Paul George had the Celtics on his list because, oh, they're the best team in the East, and I have a chance to win a championship. Guys aren't going to turn that down because they traded Isaiah Thomas on a bad hit. I mean, now this is bad. This is bad. And it may stop guys from saying, look, I'm going to commit long-term to this team. But it's if the Raptors are the best are the best choice, the Raptors are the best choice. What I will say real mm-hmm. quick, though, this does show some confidence in their coach, Nick Nurse, because there is a feeling out there that, especially among Raptors people, that Nick Nurse was the engine that made that team go last year. That all the changes that we saw Dwayne Casey make were the product of Nick Nurse. And that that's why he got the job, and that's why Casey's out. Uh, because that's how much confidence Mujiri has in him. And you certainly have to have confidence in this guy to say, we're not going to rebuild around you, which I, which is what I would have done, but we're going to give you one of the five, ten best players in the league. For one year. For and one we're year. we're going for it all now. We're asking you to make it work and win a championship. Or a and the guy says he wants to be in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He doesn't even want to be here. I mean, and you're a rookie coach. So, that no one's ever heard of. So, it's tough, but it shows they have a lot of confidence in him. And last thing is, also, major win by Toronto not giving up OG Ananobi. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that. I, I mean, when... I, I'm shocked that San Antonio wasn't able to pull that. I mean, I guess I guess when they talked about it, I guess Toronto, I'm assuming, told them, look, it's either the pick or Anubi. We can't give you both. And I kind of, I mean, if no, I was... Uh, the, I think the Spurs, I think the Spurs would have taken OG. Over the pick? Yeah. I They might have told them the oh, Ananobi or the pick and Pirtle. That's my guess. Okay. And maybe the Spurs will right, we'll take the pick and Pirtle. Which, that I can maybe see as, like, equal. Right. I mean... Because the pick's uh, yeah. probably going to be late first round. Yeah. The I mean, and the movie was, was late first round pick, but he's played he above outplayed that. His, yeah, he outplayed the draft. Yeah, he should have been a lottery pick. Why he fell, we're still trying to We still to kind out. of knew he should have... We knew he should have been a lottery pick last year. Yeah, he yeah. fell in a way that no one was really still quite yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah. Right, injury. exactly. Yeah, that's... I, I, I agree. The major win. I mean, look... Major hit for the Spurs. We're talking about... The Spurs, um, I, the, the not getting a newbie, I was like, wow, especially when they're giving up Danny Green, too. So it's like, I mean, they're they're giving up their two best wing guys and getting one guy, yeah. And the guy they're getting is not good as Kawhi Leonard, yeah. so I'm like, okay, it's a little weird there, I'm not sure how that's gonna work because they don't, I mean, do they have another young shooting guard to Lonnie Walker? I guess, oh. He's the guy. Well, we, I, we talked about it before. I was like, Lonnie Walker may end up seeing himself with a lot of minutes. Yeah. He will be the starting shooting guard probably now. I think he's going to move the bench. Who's starting? Well, I think Rudy Gay is going to start. DeBron DeRozan's playing the two? Yeah. I mean, he could. I mean, he doesn't feel like a Spurs shooting guard. He can't shoot past 18 feet. But I think I think... I think that's what I just think that's I would start I, think, I would start him at the three I agree I mean Rudy Gates to me at this stage in his career should be playing the four he's slow I agree with that too. He, he can't play defense he DeRozan doesn't play defense 
I, I wouldn't start those guys. I, I would start Lonnie Walker. Last time I saw DeMar DeRozan playing next to Rudy Gay, it was on a terrible Raptors team. Jesus, those guys are back together. Rudy Gay's probably like, man. <laughs> I got now, now, I, now I know I ain't win no championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you around. I came with this first try to win championship. And now here you are. No, but be, to be serious, though, I do think that there, to me, there is intrigue to see what DeMar DeRozan looks like as a San Antonio yeah, Spurs. It certainly is, man. Because I think that the, the Spurs have shown that they they are kind of like the Celtics, or the Celtics are kind of like yeah, them, yeah, the where Celtics. where they seem to maximize your offensive abilities. And DeRozan's a very good offensive player. Yeah, You can say he can't shoot threes, but he does, does everything else pretty much well offensively. He's a very good handle. He's a great at getting to the rim, getting fouled. He's a very good mid-range jump shot. He's a he's one of the best isolation players in the league. I think that's that's yeah. easy to say. One of the best in the last ten years, probably. And to me, when I watch him play, I think that if there's anything I would say that I think I would like to see from him, I do think that I, I think it's a basketball IQ thing. I think sometimes uh, inexperience, though I can't again, I can't say it anymore. Is why I've yelled on this podcast several times about the Raptors. It's not inexperience because they've been in the same situations. They just keep failing. Yeah. But there's something about the mental aspect of the game that I think DeMar still hasn't gotten to yet. And he just may never have gotten He never was going to get there with the Raptors. I don't know if it... I don't want to just put that all on Casey. I, I, I can't because I don't think that's fair. He's an individual player who does his own studying tape as well. But we've shown that the, the Spurs, with their system, with their coaching, they've shown to see guys get to that next level. So I, I'm sneakily intrigued by what... A full, no, no more nonsense of my quads hurt, I can't get out there. And the Spurs are just playing a man down for an entire season, trying to will their way to the playoffs. I mean, the Spurs next year with a full, healthy, 82 games of DeMar DeRozan, they're going to be a very good team in the West. Is DeRozan going to be an MVP candidate next year? There's a chance he will be. He was this year. Yeah. You know, like, I I think the Spurs, like, like, I, like, the Spur, like, DeRozan is good. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we again, like I said earlier, we can talk about what we think about 27 him. Twenty seven points. Twenty seven points on the Raptors is gonna feel different than twenty seven points on the Spurs. It'll just he, feel he like might that. not even score as much points, but I'd almost I would I would almost assure you he'll look better. It would look like a better player. His shot he'll be more efficient. Um they'll give him better spots. It won't nearly be so much of him just trying to just do it all on his own. I think his defense will be better. His be better be because Pop won't tolerate him his defense. Yeah. That's always been been the most disappointing thing about his career so far, and it's hard to say anything's been disappointing. I think he's far exceeded what we expected from him. Definitely. He's a he's a he's a all star star NBA player, but for his athleticism and his athletic profile, it's surprising how poor defensively he is. It, I I can't explain why he's so poor defensively. But again, it goes back to what you said. He hasn't displayed always the highest basketball IQ. No. And a lot of that is shown on the defensive side of the ball. And I, 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 I'm I, curious to see what he looks like on the Spurs and whether or not he can push for that MVP. Because the Spurs now, with him healthy, him playing, and maybe motivated after what's happened to him just now, he's devastated by this trade. Uh, if he can get his head right now, kind of channel that into positivity for his new team, the Spurs, who I thought were a very good candidate to be knocked out of the playoffs, they could very well be talked about as a team that's trying to fight for home field advantage in the first round. I think yeah. I think that highly of 
his ability to co- contribute immediately and be better than what we've seen from him in Toronto. My only concern would be how long will that last? Right. Which might not matter. I mean, he has three years left. He's not old. I think this. Is, I think. I think he's a perfect player for them. I think that the time frame of his contract. I think he gives them another guy with credibility. I think if they go into another offseason, he is someone you could pitch to other players That's and what say, I was "We have Demar Derozan now. He's an All Star player. Team USA guy. Maybe there's another guy they can get. Whether it's a trade or or free agent right. signing, and they have assets. They do. They have um, some Lonnie decent Walker, young players. Murray. They got Murray. Exactly. Now they got the draft pick. So. When I look at the the Spurs, I just I feel like they're they're gonna. I mean, look, this team made the playoffs without Kawhi Leonard all year, so or for, for most of the year he played eight games. Yeah, exactly. So you give him Demar Derozan, and I think Lonnie Walker. I'm I might be backing off my rookie of the year prediction, although maybe that's a mistake because if he get, does get major minutes, like you suggest. I think it puts him even more square in the rookie of the year conversation like Tatum was. But um, I, well, I'm a little worried that they got a guy at his position, which is why I right. might be willing to back off. But this could very well be a 55-win team. I mean, the West is tough, so it's going to be tough to get to 50. But DeMar DeRozan's a really, really good player. With Greg Popovich, with uh, Pau Gasol, with Rudy Gay... With DeJounte Murray, I mean, this this is they're not going to be a bad team. I think they will be better than the Raptors will be next year. Will they be better than the Lakers? Yes. Regular season, yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> yeah. a bold statement. I don't know. I, I'm be honest. I, I, don't don't I, don't be, I don't think the Lakers will be a regular season team. I think you, the think, playoffs, you think in the playoffs they will, I would, I would they will the give them a lot of trouble. They will give teams trouble in the playoffs. I agree, yeah. I think I wouldn't be shocked to see them in the conference finals. But I also wouldn't be shocked. See them like be like a fifty in the conference final, something like that. But yeah, I would be shocked. I can, see that. I can see that too. If like say the Rockets won the West or something like that, and like they faced the Rockets in the second round, beat them, and they were in the conference final to the fifty against the Warriors, yeah, yeah, and then they get swept or something. <laughs> right. Um, what do you think in the regular season the the Spurs will have a better record than the Lakers? I do. Do you think? Well, well, before I get to that, two fun facts, EJ. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard is the all-time winningest player in NBA history in terms of win percentage at 75%. Where is he? The all-time winningest All-time, number one? Yeah. Wow. 75% win percentage. Minimum 400 games. Okay. And also, the Spurs are now the first team in NBA history to lose two former finals MVPs in the same offseason. I did see that. It's it's a catastrophic offseason. That's bad. I, when I saw that, I was like, I'm trying to think of like, okay, when were there all season where like teams just like really fell apart? Because it's not like like in, in baseball that happens all the time. Like the Marlins did it like four times. No, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're like a great up. team. They're just like, all right, it's over now. Yeah, it <laughs> we we can't afford this anymore. Um, that doesn't happen in basketball nearly as much. The the last time I can remember a team having that kind of catastrophic off season was uh, the '98 Bulls going into '99. Right. Retired Pippen, they traded oh, yeah. Robin. I don't even know what Robin's deal was. I, I forgot. I don't know why he wasn't on the team anymore. Yeah, who knows me? I don't. Even, I don't know what the situation was, but he was not on the team anymore. And like they were just like, 
Tim Floyd's clowns the next year. Uh, that Bulls team in 99. You ever seen those rosters? Oh. The 99 and 2000 Bulls. Nah. Like, before they, like, had the Curry and Chandler yeah, years. I've seen those rosters. Like, those were bad. But, like, no. But you got to look at the first two years after Jordan. Like, those years were just, like, crazy. The teams they were putting out there. And, like, as an NBA fan at the time, to be, like, the team two years ago won 72 games. <laughs> like, and then, oh, like, man. won three straight championships. The and then, you, and then you see, like, that's true. I guess it was kind of like with the Cavs. I mean, the Cavs got Kyrie quick, so it was like, all right. So but they were terrible still. Yeah, they were whack, but like, they were fun to watch. Right, the Bulls, there was no – because they, they, all they had was a late first-round pick yeah, exactly. that first year, and they were just – I mean, they weren't even the – like, at least the Cavs were the Cavs just without LeBron. Like, they still had very job with Bull <laughs> right. Williams. Oh, God. Right. This Bulls team was just like a totally different team. It was, it was like scab players. Right. It was like having a scab team replacing the championship Bulls. It was just crazy. The rosters for they and I mean at the Bulls at that time probably the biggest brand in basketball. Of course, yeah. I mean like the Warriors. You know, imagine the next year the Warriors. Yeah, Steph Curry decided to retire. Yeah, Durant, like, they just, Young was like the Durant best went to the, the Rockets. Like yeah, it would just be like Swaggy P was the best player on the team. Go, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, they all love our young Patrick McCaw. At all these award shows at the NBA award show, Javale McGee and Swaggy P represent the Warriors, and at the SBs, Javale McGee and Swaggy P represent the Warriors. I just thought it was funny. New I mean, little guys are on the team, also. By which way. is also very funny. <laughs> well, I guess Swaggy's still in. No, he's on he's the Rockets. Fr- yeah. Is he on the Rockets? I don't know where he is. He's not on the team. He's a free yeah. agent. And, yeah. and they made it clear they were not bringing him I back. I think he went to, I think he went to, I think the cocaine comment. Yeah, I think as soon as he said, I mean, the co- I think he was done before the cocaine comment, but that probably solidified that he was not coming back. I, I want to say he's on Houston. Uh, no, he's not on the team yet. Yeah, I don't think he was signed. I thought yeah. Houston was definitely He may not be signed after that cocaine comment. He might not care. Like, he's won his title. He's, yeah, he's I would hope he's rich. still a millionaire. He has his money. He might not really need to do anything else. He's older than we think. He's been in the league for a long time. Yeah, and he did, like, what, three years in college? So, yeah, so, I mean, he's he's nearing. Like he's his, older than DeRozan. He's 33. Yeah, I'm saying he's nearing the end. Bad, man, swaggy. Almost done. Who would have known? He's one of the guys that, like, he's going to be 36, but you're going to think he's a young player because how he plays. How he's stupid. Yeah, again, yeah. that goes back to the, the difference between inexperience having a low basketball bike. Right. Melo, we got confused with that for a while. Uh, DeRozan's been tricking guys. Swaggy P's the ultimate one. Uh, last thing on, the, on this Leonard thing, though, is how do we feel about the teams that chose not to get Kawhi Leonard? Because there were about yeah. three four teams. The Lakers could have given up. Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, uh, Summer League MVP Josh Hart to get Kawhi Leonard. They said, no, we'll wait a year. The Clippers probably could have given up those two first-round picks that ended up being Shea Gilders, Alexander, and Jerome Robinson to get Kawhi Leonard. They were like, nah. The Sixers could have given up Marco Fultz. They said, no. Celtics could have given up Jalen Brown. They said, no. I think so for the LA teams. I think that they were giving some notification that chill. Right. If you don't get them, chill. You'll get your shot. How they did that, I'm not <laughs> accuse Uncle, anyone. Uncle Dennis. I'm not gonna accuse anyone of anything. I'm just saying they were giving word. We want to be here, and we're trying to move them over there. If you don't get them, chill. Because I would agree, it's a little weird that they didn't try to solidify him. Man. Especially after what happened with Paul George, which yeah. is, I think, more of an extensive why I think Toronto was smart to do this. 
Give me a chance with the most money on a good team to convince this guy to resign. On the Paul George thing, it's different. And it's good for the Raptors, but also bad for the Raptors. On the positive side, I think it's different because OKC, I think we even knew back then, but we especially know now, no chance of winning the West. No chance of competing for a championship. Yeah. The Raptors have a serious shot at making the finals. Yeah. So that's certainly a sell, like... They might be in the finals next year yeah. and saying, look, we were, we got swept. Look, <laughs> we were four games we were away. Four games away from the championship. <laughs> now, the bad point, the, 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 the negative, if you're the Raptors, is we don't have Russell Westbrook. Right. You're going to be convincing, also Toronto's a better city than Oklahoma City, but you're going to be convincing Kawhi Leonard to re-up with a 34, 35-year-old Kyle Lowry. He's aging. that old. I mean, you can Google it. I'll but, Google it. I don't know that old. I look, man. I, it's like if he's 33. Kyle Lowry's got to be 33 at least. Jesus. But he's still balling for his age. That's if, how old he is. If if you, you ask him to uh, re-up with an aging Kyle Lowry, Jonas Valanciunas, Serge Ibaka, that, who claims he's like 29, but I really think he's like 32, and a bunch of young cats that are backups. Yeah, Kyle Lowry's 32 years old. Yeah, 32 years old. I, got, I gave him three, four years, but... 32 years old, it'll be 33 next year. It that's not much of a selling point. So that's the those are the pros and cons of if you're the Raptors, can we bring him back? But I'll tell you this though, if I was the Raptors, I would not be done. I would try to, I would also try to trade Kyle Lowry for someone else that's good. That was my that's always been my big Kemba? thing. OG and Lowry for Kemba or is OG just untouchable? I'm not trading OG for Kemba. And Kemba would also be a one-year rental. Yeah. And now that you're just completely like, all right, we're bodying him. Out. We're gonna we're gonna have no future if we yeah. if the team. If their cap up. situation was a little different, maybe I wouldn't mind that as much because I could maybe be starting at zero next year. But they still have like they, they won't. They still Jay-Z. have a lot of money. They won't have money until 2021. Yeah. So I don't know if that's smart to do that. Um, the guy I was thinking about was either McCollum or or or. Oh, they can't get Dame. Dame. No, they don't got the they don't got the assets to get Dame. Lowry and Onanubi doesn't get you Dame. You don't think Lowry and Ananubi? No, doesn't get you Dame. If I'm Milwaukee, if if that's the offer, I'm like, yo, what do you guys want on our roster? It's not named Greek Freak. You guys can have it. You want Middleton, Don Maker? No, I don't want anyone on that team. <laughs> I don't either. So yeah, but get, have, get have Milwaukee the picks. out of there. I mean, there are so many teams that if you gave them Dame Lillard. I mean, maybe not that many teams because there's so many teams that have point guards. But there's so many teams out there that I feel like, man, if you gave him Dame Lillard, I mean, New Orleans, who do you want on the roster not named Boogie Cousins? You can have, I mean, not named Boogie Cousins. Because not, not on the team. Not <laughs> you, ain't good, you ain't getting them. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, that's um, Utah. If Utah like was like, yo, you can have anybody on the roster not named Mitchell or Gobert. Again, not much. But still, I don't know. I feel like Dame... His value, and then the Lakers obviously are the one team where it's like, man, they could easily get Lillard if yeah. they wanted to. Um, yeah, I think I, I, yeah, I mean, if that were the offer, like they could just give him Brandon Ingram. I don't know what Masai is thinking, but I, I would, I would get creative here. I would, go, I mean, to me, he should be going full two. To me, he should have been going full two K mode as soon as they got swept. I would have been saying, what could I? He has because they have so many pieces. Like he could, that team could look totally different next year if he wanted it to. They have the pieces. Guys have various money 
uh, uh, cap numbers. You could have done a lot of different weird things to come up with a whole new roster. So I would I wouldn't have stopped here, but I, I think that this was. I said it a month ago. This was the clear, maybe the only move. It should have been the clear first move that they did as soon as Kawhi Leonard became on the board. On the Lakers, I think that this is. If they go, if the Lakers start the season and finish the season with the same roster they have now, it'd be a relatively bad job by Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka. Who I think have done an, extre- an extremely solid job. I don't want to give them a parade for getting LeBron because he fell in their lap. He was going there regardless. They had to do things that maybe other GMs maybe wouldn't have had the foresight that Magic and Rob Palenka, given their experience or experience in other fields, would know to do. But still, um,. I give them more credit for drafting Kuzma. I was going to say, does LeBron go there if Kuzma's not there? That's an interesting question. And it's, that seems, It may sound crazy. It sound, yeah, it sounds crazy, but and, I mean... But I I, I'm throwing it out there only because if they don't have Kuzma, they look very different. Yeah. I'm just saying. and It might not look, have mattered. I'm just saying Josh, for me... You see, like You see the way Josh Hart's balling? Yeah, he uh, looks good in that summer league. I gotta, you see the way Speed Mikhailuk is balling? He, really, he looked good too. Mo Wagner looks pretty decent I, as well. Oh, I, I love I, You know what I mean? I love Big Mo. Look, man, your boy Mitch Robinson. I mean, the Lakers were hot on Mitch Robinson as well, planning on drafting. Yeah, they would have drafted him with their second pick if he would have fell back. ended up being Steve McHale, who's also <laughs> they might bad. be They might be okay. So, look, Magic and Rob Palenka. And shout-out to Jesse Buss, uh, Jim Buss's son, who I think runs their scouting department. So he's not like Jim. Apparently, no, apparently not like Jim. He's still he's still around the team, so I think he he gets a pass. But um, they've done an excellent excellent job identifying these guys late first round, early second round. The only one they missed on so far is Lonzo Ball, who's not a bum, just not as good as the I guy still can't say they missed because he's nineteen. Yeah, or he's twenty, I guess now. Misses. Well, they miss in the sense that they passed on Tatum and Mitchell. That's that's a miss. You know, like every team that didn't draft every, yeah, those two guys missed. missed. Um, so that that that's the only thing. But, um, uh, but no, the biggest I think the biggest loser in all is the biggest winner is Lonzo Ball because he's not getting traded probably, or Levar Ball really. <laughs> but, um, I think the biggest loser. And you talked about your hot take that you had back in June where you predicted this trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations on that. Scoop Stewart. We don't have the audio ready, but around the same time, may have been that same show. I think it was around the same time, though. I think it was after the playoffs or after the Eastern Conference semifinals. I told you, EJ, on this show, if the Sixers are serious about competing for a championship, they would trade Marco Fultz. And if 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 it's true that they had a chance to get Kawhi Leonard by only trading Marco Fultz and maybe Robert Covington, for example, and maybe draft picks, I don't know. That's a failure by Brett Brown, who right now is running the team. Mm-hmm. Because, again, if you're serious about winning a championship, Kawhi Leonard is literally the perfect fit for the Philadelphia 76ers from a basketball perspective next to Embiid and Simmons. I think the reason... W- Marco Fultz yeah, in his prime, or, I mean, Marco Fultz coming out of college, great fit. 
with those guys, you would think. The Markov folks we saw last year, now maybe you don't think he's that guy, but even when he was playing well, terrible fit with Ben Simmons. Literally, to the point where I've never, I watched the Sixers quite a bit when Markov Fultz was back, literally never saw him on the floor with Simmons once mm-hmm. because it was such an awful fit because both guys can't shoot a lick and both guys need the ball in their hands every possession or every minute, of every second of every possession. Why you would feel like that guy is untouchable when you're already one of the top three teams in the East, basically without the guy, and I had told you you can get Kawhi Leonard, who's still, what, like 25, 26? I think he's 26 years old. I told you you can get that guy. Mm-hmm. Pair him with Embiid, who some people feel is the best player in the Eastern Conference. I think it's ridiculous, but some people feel is the best player in the Eastern Conference right now. And Simmons, who some people feel is a top five player, uh, Colin Cowherd, which I also think is ridiculous. <laughs> Cowherd just, just, just naming names. He but, don't care. As you know, it's late tonight. But it's, but I would say both guys definitely top 25, and be probably a top 20, top 15 guy. Like, that seems to make all the sense in the world. So to hold on to Marco Fultz, unless they might be really high on Marco Fultz, and maybe I'm off on that. I was high on him coming out of college. But even if you're high on Marco Fultz, unless... We, from what we had heard, the, the Sixers were the other team that he would have possibly considered staying. They were the only Eastern Conference yeah. team. He would have maybe relationship with Red Brown, uncle from New Jersey, uh, based in New Jersey, I believe. Like it, it, They were the only team where I was like, all right, we'll give it a shot. It makes no sense for him not to make this move. I think the, they could have beat the I guys. think the reason why they didn't is I think you look at the timeline of the teams we're talking about. So the Raptors timeline, for example, to compare the Raptors to the Sixers, the Raptors timeline is yesterday for trying to win a championship. It may be too late, but at the least it's right now. So the chance, like, so the overall theory for why this happened, why I agreed it should have happened and why they did it was their window is now. So be damned about tomorrow. If you have a legit, if you if you have a legitimate shot of winning a title or getting to a championship with Kawhi, the Sixers, now it's arguable. Like, could they get to the championship with Kawhi? Definitely, but I guess for them, it's is it worth giving up who they think I think they still think could be a top flight point guard, who's on a rookie deal, who's dirt cheap, who matches the timeline of the what we hope would be the primes of Simmons and Embiid in comparison to a Kawhi Leonard who his timeline doesn't match those guys. You would think those guys in terms of compete for championships on a serious, serious level. You're probably, if it's not this year, you're probably talking about two to three years where you're saying, okay, like in three years, you're probably saying, yo, this team is this team has a chance to win a title every year. Kawhi could be in his second year in LA by the time that that happens. And you would have lost out on Marco Fultz who I think they still have confidence in. That, I think that's why it didn't happen. Whether that's the right move or not, uh, it's it's argue. Why I see, hear, I get your uh, point. You want to hear conspiracy? Go ahead. I love conspiracies. I think Simmons and MB didn't want this trade to happen. I think those guys, both high ego guys, we we, we know it. You can tell they're both high ego yeah. guys. Great, most great players are high ego guys, but those guys especially high ego guys. Uh, opposite of Mitchell and Tatum. But um, 
both guys have, from what I understand, just free reign of the organization. The organization loves those guys. Treat them like they're the franchise players, which they are. They are. But, and have been treated like that since day one. Um, I don't know if they would have been comfortable bringing in a guy in Kawhi Leonard that is obviously better than them. And when he's healthy, different personality, uh, not in that real NBA inner circle of like, you know, we're all buddy, buddy, right. Team USA type guy. Right. And also close with the coach, Brett Brown. Mm-hmm. And now they got to share the spotlight a little bit. They Do already you, they already su- got to share the spotlight with su- each other. Are you suggesting that? Them or their representatives made it known to the Sixers brass that they didn't want these guys, maybe or, that, did, maybe, the, or maybe. did the Sixers brass, knowing those guys, think we shouldn't do this because of? I mean, I'm suggesting of those guys, knowing what they, how they are, and knowing how they feel. It could have easily been both. I'm suggesting maybe the former of maybe representation. There was some sort of conversation. The players that made it maybe, known. and maybe the Sixers to going to. Those guys, I don't think those guys right. came in and said, Look, that, no you're letter, saying, yeah, you're I'm, saying I'm there out. was a conversation where those guys expressed could have said, We don't yeah. need to do this. Yeah, exactly. I think those guys may have said, We're good. And I think if that's the case, that's their egos stepping in and saying, We're better than we are. The Sixers should not be listening to I think a they 22, 23 year old and a 20 year old about how the team should be being run. Or 21 year old, how old Simmons is. Yeah. That would be. That would be dumb. I think that's what happened, man. I mean, I, I, I mean, look. I hope the Knicks aren't talking to Porzingis about how teams should be run. I he's he's These a great, guys nowadays he's a great player, but I don't. I kind of don't care what he thinks. Devin, and I'm a Knicks fan. That's who what they're doing thinks with Devin Booker. Retire as a Nick if he stays healthy. Ryan course. McDonough said that Devin Booker was gonna be in on every uh, move they make going forward. I and would be telling them what I'm doing. But I wouldn't be going saying, what do you think of this? And then if they say no, being like, oh, I'm not going to do it. I would be like, okay. And See, I might still do it. I think Danny Ainge, from what I understand, the last couple of years, since we've had like this young group, he's always, when it came to, especially when it came to the draft, he's gone to these guys. I think because he knows like these guys have played against the guys I'm thinking about drafting. Draft is a little different. So he's like, all right, Jalen Brown, what do you think about Jason Tatum versus Markel Fultz? And maybe Jalen Brown would be like, uh, I mean, Tatum's kind of nice. I played against that guy. But I think draft is different. I'm talking about. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about league shifting yeah, yeah, moves. Yeah, that's even. I'm not we, talking to 23 or 24 year old Joel Embiid and 21 year old. I mean, Embiid signed long term, but like, look, like these guys. If this move doesn't work out, I mean, look, I mean, we saw what happened with Jimmy, not, well, with Jimmy Butler, but with Kawhi Leonard saying, "I want out." What if that this dynamic doesn't work, and now one of these guys says, "I want out." Maybe they feel like, look, we got to go to these guys. See, we be transparent so that it doesn't get to that point at all. And we know, look, this is where these guys stand. They don't really, they're not too hot about the idea of these guys of just bringing in a third star. Now, I look, I think those guys would have been fine if it were, like, one of their boys. If it was Devin Booker. I just don't think you should be asking any young player about guys who are better than them. I think maybe that's <laughs> right, really that's what the bar. I think yeah. maybe it's simple for me. It's like, I'm not asking you about... Like, would they ask them about LeBron? All right, I hope they didn't. Yeah. I would have said a damn thing to them about my LeBron yeah. pursuit. Other than we're going after him. Get ready. Get ready if he's here. Exactly. So you're going to have a lot more time off the ball 
<laughs> we signed LeBron. There would have been no. That would been the only conversation I would have had with Ben Simmons about what he thinks about me trying to. But I think that's LeBron. what it comes down to. Like that's when it gets to like you saying. I think they really did value fold. So they may have said we're fine either way. Mm-hmm. These guys might tip the scale. If these guys say no, go all and we want to win a right. championship. I think these guys thinking they're already the best team in the East said we're good. What do you think those guys think of Fultz? I can't get a feel for it. I think. Do you think they believe in him? Like I'm talking about Embiid and Simmons. Like, are we talking like legit? Like, I think they think. I, I think Simmons. I, from what I can tell, I think him and Simmons are close. I think I don't know about Embiid. The Simmons think he's. He's the guy. I don't. Think, I asked. That, I don't think that they think that he's the savior. I, I asked that only because I felt like when he got drafted and when they added him and kind of just the the initial chemistry, for lack of a better word, the but, way Simmons kind of immediately said, "I'm the starting point guard next year," and and how like I mean he was away from the team, so I guess there was nothing they could do about it. But how he just he just seemed so detached from. What is remember, their young core? Yeah, remember, like, the timeline, though. Like, because remember, I, I noticed that at the time, I was like, this was before, really, we had seen these guys really playing. But, like, in training camp and stuff, I went to see, like, oh, I wonder how Marco Fultz is doing. And, like, it was all Ben Simmons is great. And Ben Simmons would talk about, you know, yeah, I'm the starting point guard or whatever. And you realize, like, oh, like, I don't think Marco Fultz is going to be, like, a huge factor this year. And it got, like, really bad. Right. But I think his shot was broken. And I think the guys do it. And I think they do. Like, <laughs> so Simmons like, oh, no, trust, don't, yeah, trust me, I need to be the starter. Like, I have a broken jump shot, and I'm still nice. This guy <laughs> is done. But I do think that there is a feeling of optimism. Okay. I, I'm just, I, I, I honestly don't know. And I, as I said, I can't get a feel for it. So I, I wanted someone else's opinion on it. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the more low-key, intriguing NBA storylines to me. I do think that there was a time where I think both those guys – Thought that this guy wasn't that good. Because I think anybody, everyone in the Philly, Philly, Philly city of Philadelphia thought like, point. man, this guy's a bust. <laughs> right. He was, you know, airballing, bricking free throws with those guys on the free throw line. You know, they had to have been looking like, what the, what's going on? Yeah. This guy was the number one pick in the draft. Now I think it's like, hopefully this guy gets a jump shot, but he's a good player. I mean, he's nice. Like, he's got game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and he's do, probably doing crazy stuff in practice that are making these guys be like, wow. Okay, so I mean, I, it'll be interesting, but I think the Sixers are the biggest loser. They clearly have no interest in winning a championship over the next three years. Uh, we spent an hour on Kawhi Leonard. Oh, deservedly so. Um, let's quickly move to these other topics on the show. First, Manny Machado, Kendall, he's sent to L.A. I'm sure you're thrilled about that. The rival <laughs> oh, Dodgers. Scared about these guys, the rival man. Dodgers uh, have now have Manny Machado, Kendall, are the Dodgers now. Uh, the favorite in the NL. Are the Dodgers the favorite in the NL? Yeah. So not a terrible question. They're they have the second best record in the conference. They're winning the West right now, only by half game, and a very competitive West, I must say. Uh, yeah, the West man, it's a little bit of a gauntlet, man. You know, people think the Giants are out of it, but look, Pedro Martinez thinks the Giants might might compete for a, t- a championship. So they've won. They they they've they're in there. <laughs> they're in the mix. Yeah, man. So they, they're behind three teams, though. So yeah, it's gonna be an uphill battle. It's gonna be uphill battle. Look, I think the Dodgers. You want to talk about improving talent? The talent profile. They improved the talent profile of their team, obviously by bringing in Manny Machado. 
it's funny. The Manny Machado trade scenario is very similar to the Kawhi Leonard trade scenario, which we already spent an hour talking about. But just that's an hour talking yeah, about we'll Machado. Spend, we'll spend another fifteen. We'll spend another fifteen talking about Kawhi. But uh, Machado, uh, the Yankees had a chance to bring in Machado. Any all these teams, all these big markets, Chicago, Philly, L.A., New York, all had a chance to bring in. Uh, Boston had a chance to bring in Machado this offseason because everyone knew he's not going to be in Baltimore after this year. He's a free agent. Yeah, the Yankees like the Lakers seemed to be the obvious destination because they had all these assets and they were just brought in Stanton and just and already had judge and they could have created a real super team out there in New York and they already have a super team, but it could have been an even bigger super team if they brought in Manny Machado, but they decided to hold on to Gliber Torres and some of these other young guys. Now Manny Machado is a Dodger. We'll see what Manny Machado does in the off season. But we could be looking at those guys in New York and saying, like the Lakers, man, you guys could have had Paul George, you guys could have had Manny Machado, but you guys want to hold on to uh, Gliber Torres, who's a good player, but it, it it's a risk. Um, for the Dodgers, it'll be interesting to see if Manny Machado decides to re-up there. Because if he does, then it was a, it was a great trade for them. If he doesn't, and a lot of times in baseball, these guys don't. If he doesn't, uh, I wouldn't have done this. So that's really what it comes down to. I feel like they 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 gave up. They a gave nice chunk. Good, they gave some good. Yeah, they gave a nice chunk of their farm system for uh, a guy that might only be there for half a year. But a lot of that is going to be seen, or will have to be seen. But I don't think that they're already the best. I don't think that they're just makes them the best team in the NL. Well, I think the one thing, though, when we look at the Dodgers and giving up talent is that they've shown that they're... You can replenish it, man. Yeah, their more farm system, they've worked masterfully. Well, I mean... They've taken kids who have been unheralded and turned them into superstar players, pretty much. Isn't... I believe their GM, I want to say Andrew Friedman. Yeah. And he came from Tampa. Tampa, yeah. Tampa it, Bay. We know what they did. I mean, yeah, they... I mean, obviously, they were awful. So they, I mean, they were like the Cubs, but at the same time, like they found guys that no one had ever heard of, and were turning those guys into studs. So he's doing the same thing in in L.A., where they're great every year, and yet they still have the best farm system every year. How I don't know. It's like they're getting new guys every year. I, I mean, they do spend a lot in terms of their Latin American pool. Yeah, you know, they always go out there and scour the countries, scour the planet for the best young baseball players in the in the world. But, um, no, it's an impressive job by him. Continuously have a strong farm system. Yeah, I, I do have some questions about, I don't know if they're going to move Turner to second now that they have Machado. Because Turner's been playing second. That's natural, played third for most of the year. That's natural position, right? Or it was. Yeah, it was. I mean, he played for the Mets, played second base almost exclusively. Though he has a little bit of uh, utility ability in him. Because, I mean, he has to play, you would think, every day. Uh, he hasn't played that great this year, so I don't know if maybe he would go to the bench. That seems crazy to go from All-Star last year to the bench this year. Um, Forsyth is their second baseman. I mean, they can easily get rid of him. So I, I would think that Turner's going to go to second base. I don't know what that does for them defensively. I, I, I'll be honest, I'm not familiar with how good Forsyth is defensively, but Turner is not really – I wouldn't think of him as a plus defender. So – even at third. So at second, I would think that may be even a little bit more of a situation. But 
I would say that they are now the favorites. Obviously, they got to the World Series last year. Their lineup, man, I mean, it, it's scary now. You consider you got Muncie, uh, who we saw, you know, he was impressive even in the home run derby last night. He's had an incredible season, quick as Dodger to 20, uh, to a 20 home run season based on his at-bats. Kemp has had an incredible season. Now you add Machado. They're still going to have, obviously, Bellinger and, and Grandal and Chris Taylor. I mean, this team now is, is as far as our lineup, is loaded. Uh, I guess the question for them always going to be, I mean, what's the health of Clayton Kershaw? Can they get him to uh, to, to, to continue to pitch at a high level? And, and what kind of starting pitching will they get for the rest of the season? Um, those are questions I really can't answer because I don't know. Uh, and that's a concern. But when you look at their lineup, I mean, the Dodgers put themselves in very good position. I think that this National League is down this year, I would say. I mean, I think you're looking at Philly and I don't really believe in Philly and Atlanta in the playoffs. Uh, Atlanta's in a little bit of a tailspin right now. And the Central, I mean, you're, you know, the Cubs are a good team. We had the Brewers who are a good team, but the Brewers are now dealing with a massive crisis at the moment, <laughs> yeah, which we'll yeah. talk about in a second. Um, so I think the NL is pretty wide open. I think that we came into this before this, into the also break thinking, and really any of these teams could come out of the Cubs probably leaning to them as the favorites. Uh, if you're going to beat that Cubs rotation, you're going to need it with some big-time bats. And we know the Dodgers already have it. I think you had someone like Machado in the lineup. That can only help. I know it's a gamble. We don't know what he does next year. But you are Los Angeles. You are the Dodgers. You do have basically all the money in the world. If there's anyone that can compete from keeping him away from the Yankees, you would think it's them. Right. So I, I, I'm I'm good with the deal. I think that it's a good move. And if they can't re-sign him, I think similar to the – it's a little different because the, the Raptors are like – they're in no man's land where I think that even if they lose him or they didn't get him, the Dodgers would still be in position to compete. Yeah, they kind of like the Celtics. They would be in position to compete next year <laughs> and the year after that. They, they should be good for a long time. Um, which, I mean, to be honest, maybe makes it even more offensive to make this kind of move where it's like you're going to be good for a while. Like, yeah. why not? If you have one shot to make your team really, really good for one year, just go for it. So I, I'm, I'm all for this move. Uh, staying in baseball, we'll get to the Brewers crisis in a moment. But first, I do want to stay in Los Angeles talk about some uh a little bit of a mini controversy going on with uh mike trout and the commissioner so speaking about mike trout and his lack of marketability or lack of i guess uh visibility as a star major league baseball player yeah, i mean i mean look mike trout is possibly the i mean he's the best player in the league easily and one of the best guys one of the best baseball players i've ever seen he's one of the best american athletes right now yeah, I mean that's he's a top ten American athlete. Yet, if he were walking higher. on Thirty Second Street in New York, Thirty Fourth, Thirty Second is not much on there. Yeah, but he's working <laughs> on yeah, but he's Thirty Second Street. There might not be anyone on Thirty Second Street. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on if the day and time. On, if he was walking on Thirty Fourth, Thirty Second, Thirty First, <laughs> anywhere, <laughs> most people wouldn't recognize who Mike Trout was. I agree with that, and that's where you're headed. Which guys brings me to Rob Manfred and his his point. Uh, despite his stardom, Manfred kind of blames Trout for his lack of marketability. Uh, Manfred made comments saying, "Quote: Player marketing requires one thing for sure: the player. Uh, you cannot market a player passively. You can't market 
anything passively. You need to people to engage with those to whom you are trying to market in order to have an effective marketing. We are very interested in having our players more engaged and having higher profile players and have, helping our players develop their individual brand, but that involves the player being actively engaged. Uh, uh, Manfred said Trout uh, chooses to spend his downtime, chooses not to spend his downtime marketing. He then added, Mike's a great, great player and a really nice person. He's made certain decisions about what he wants to do and what he doesn't want to do, and how he wants to spend his free time and how he doesn't want to spend his free time. This is kind of weird, like this word. Uh, anyway, uh, that's up to him. If he wants to engage and be more active in that area, I think we could help him make his brand really, really big. But he has to make a decision that he's prepared to engage in that area. It takes time and effort. Uh, the Angels have kind of come to his defense, and they responded to Manfred's statement saying, uh, Trout is, quote, prioritizing his personal values over commercial self-promotion. They went on to add, Combined with his talent, his solid character, uh, his solid character creates a perfect role model for young people everywhere. Each year, Mike devotes a tremendous amount of his time and effort contributing to our organization and marketing Major League Baseball. He continues to he's he continually chooses to participate in the com- in the community, visiting hospitals, schools, and countless other charities. Um, so that was their response to Manfred's statement. I think Manfred's statement, Kendall. Uh, I think this statement statement is interesting to me because I think it, it part of it kind of confirms what I've been saying for a long time is that Major League Baseball is not actively marketing any of their players, and I keep saying why they won't. They don't want yeah, any of these dudes to get popped with steroids. Well, uh, so now they're we, saying if you don't do it on your own, you ain't getting no, no promotion. What's uh? This was also Manfred's comments were in response to there was a report that said that. Mike Trout had the same amount of recognizability as Kenneth Reed. <laughs> that's what man was that like. A, did they like must have been? Some it was sort statistical of study. Yeah, or it was a statistical. Study. That's crazy. It said that people don't Mike do Kenneth Reed just as much as they know Mike Trout. I don't know if I buy that. Look, man, I, I, mean, don't, I don't think I buy that. People in our house that know Kenneth Reed more than Mike Trout. Yeah, but I don't. Uh, I don't think I buy that. Kenneth Reed was the manual, man. He's not like a no-name. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. I mean, someone figured it out, so now, I guess they I, have I'll to say more than I do. I'm who, just going off gut. Now, if, I, if you ask me whose name me. Was, has been said on SportsCenter more times, I'll say Mike Trout. Does anyone watch SportsCenter anymore? If you I'm ask me whose name game. was said on SportsCenter to more viewers, that's a little tougher. Because maybe SportsCenter's numbers are better during the NBA season. Is anyone talking about Farid ever? When well, is anyone, for a while. When is anyone, for a while I mean, like, were. in the last two years. No, in the last two years. No. He, he hasn't played. Basically, <laughs> I forgot. He was in the, I, I mean, a couple of days ago, I, I, I think I was, I was, I had to ask, I was like, what team is Ken Farid on? That's surprising, though, when you make up, when you make that point, the fact that he didn't defend. Like, that's interesting to me. And it also further confirms my, my theory to me. Because he, he, I mean, that response is almost like a diss to Major League Baseball. Like, that, like. That I mean, that original point that Trout is just as recognizable as Kenneth Farid. Yeah, and yeah. instead of defending the brand and Trout, he just threw him under the bus. Yeah, he's like, look, it's his he fault. was like, yes, you're right, and it's because of this guy. But to me, like, like it's it's it is what it is. I've made the case that baseball has made a terrible mistake with how they have actively, to me, 
not tried to market their players because it's not just Trout. Aaron Judge plays for the New York Yankees. They don't market him that much. Oh, no, I think Aaron Judge, they've done a decent job. You think so? I, don't, I think I think Aaron Judge. With, as great as Judge is, like, you'll see him he should be a mega star, though. He probably should, yeah. Maybe he's, that's he's a, a New York Yankee rookie with what fifty home runs yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I agree with that. He should be a, he should be one of the biggest like, stars in America. Like I would say, Aaron Judge right now is. I mean, he's one of the three, four biggest names in baseball. If but if Aaron Judge was playing in two thousand and one, he would be a much bigger star than he is now. He'd be like Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell. Are, exactly. Which, those guys are way bigger. The only thing that's changed is the steroid era. And Major League Baseball, when they championed those guys, they got railed, raid, they got, the, what's the word? Railroad. Oh, I was going to say they got ran over the coals. I don't know what the word is before that. They got, I don't know what it is. But they got put over the hot coals for for doing that. Yeah. And ever since then, to me, it's been very obvious if you just pay any attention that if you're not a pitcher, they do very little to market any of these other guys. Trout is as exciting a baseball player as you would ever see. Bryce Harper, if we saw in that home run derby, is as exciting a baseball player as you'll ever Charismatic. see. Charismatic. Uh, exciting, like you said. Uh, polarizing, high personality. Um, Manfred would have a point. If it, if it's, the Manfred would have a point if it, if it went beyond, if like there were a lot of other great players who are great marketability, and we see them all the time, and say, well, it's Trout's fault. I'd be like, okay, well, if he chooses to live his life like Tim Duncan, then yes, because Tim Duncan also didn't have that marketability. Therefore, he wasn't as high profile as some of the other stars in the NBA at the time. But we had Shaq, and we had Kobe, and we had T-Mac, and we had Vince Carter, and we had all these other great players. We had Allen Iverson. It didn't matter that Tim Duncan wasn't getting the kind of shine. But in baseball, we have just a bunch of Tim Duncans that's where you see yourself where you are now. You looked at it as the old man sport and not cool. But it's a shame. I think that, I mean, to me it's sad that Fran Manfred's making, taking this stance because I think it, it speaks to their level of laziness. And look. Because they're saying, if you, don't, if you don't engage, we're not going to work to do it. And I, I don't look, think that's a good message. To if, if Manfred wants to say, look, our job is to organize baseball games. We don't. Players work by making them money and endorsements and marketing them. Fine, I don't know if I totally agree with that, but I understand that. It's a lie, though. But the logic of him saying that Mike Trout doesn't market himself, or that Mike Trout's not popular because he doesn't market himself, isn't fair. Because I would say that you, Mike Trout, can't just choose to market himself. Mike Trout. I'm sure Mark, Mike Trout's not saying, oh. Don't give me money. Nike is, wants to offer me $50 million, but I'm like, no, nah, I want to stay and chill in my New Jersey home. <laughs> no. Yeah. Nike or whoever is giving them, or Coca-Cola is giving him a number that he feels is not worth it. So maybe he won't do the commercial. Or maybe they're not giving him the commercial. Exactly. And why is Nike or Coca-Cola or Subway not giving, him not giving Mike Trout the commercial? It's because the sport of baseball is losing popularity, exactly. and that that's does on the commissioner, fall on the commissioner, <laughs> exactly. whose job is to organize baseball games. So, this in the, in the circle of life falls back to Rob Manfred, which is why this is a little bit of a problem 
why I can't totally blame Trout. Or you really can't blame Trout at all. Because I don't know what these companies are offering him. Now, if you told me, yeah, I there's solid proof that he's turned down millions and millions and millions of dollars in endorsements, then I'll understand. But I don't think Trout's stupid. I don't think he's... He's got an agent. His agent wants to make money. Trout wants to make money. They're not going to turn down commercials and stuff because he just wants to work out. He's already the best player in the league. He would do commercials. But, I mean, given that stat that one in five Americans know Mike Trout and one in five Americans know Kenneth Fareed, what... Why is it appealing for uh, Pepsi to give Mike Trout a commercial you when s- people don't care about baseball? You said it as good as I can say it. I don't have any more to say. That was extremely well put, Kendall. Uh, quickly, Josh Hader situation. He sent out some extremely inflammatory racist comments when he was a high schooler. They no, resurfaced. No, they're not. They are. They are very. They are very not safe for work. <laughs> um. Very graphic. Uh, several of them had the N-word. The hard R, if your child is getting beat up, you know what that means. Right, right. Hard R, N-word. Um, you might not even have to be a game beat fan to understand what I'm saying. But yeah. hard R, N-words. Uh, uh, praise for the KKK. And, and white power one. There's a white power one. Salute. Yeah, white power salute. There was a, a one anti-gay one. Multiple. Uh, multiple anti-gay ones. If he pretty much bashed it, like... A lot of disrespectful women. Yeah, a lot of very disrespectful stuff about women. Uh, I guess misogynistic stuff, vulgar stuff. Um, he had to then explain himself after the All Star game. <laughs> explain he, yourself. Which he's which he should have went dark. Which, man. <laughs> he had, he was at the All Star game. Yeah, there's nothing he, unless he like put on a disguise after giving up a home run and then like left the stadium. There was nothing he could have done. So it was a really bad time for him for all of this to happen, as if there's any a good time. It's funny when I like, I, I I hadn't heard about this, but I was just watching a little bit of the All Star game and I saw him pitching. Right. And I the only thing I was thinking about was Josh Hader looks like Jared Weaver. You just remind me of Jared Weaver. But, you didn't realize the whole scandal. That yeah, was around. I didn't did they mention it during the game at all? No, I mean not that I had seen. Okay. Um, I mean maybe they did. Did you see the shot of like I want to say it was. Nelson Cruz and someone else I forgot who were they were like looking at their phones and they were kind of like you know like interested and some people were like yo these got did they find out were they yeah, reading the they tweets they found the hater tweets <laughs> they, were, they were looking at the tweets I don't know man this is wild um I mean look obviously what he did was was awful he apologized he was seventeen years old yeah he was seventeen at it the time he he some he, benefited it out very he, little but some he apologized he says that you know, obviously what he said was very stupid. They they don't reflect who he is as a person now. Stupid is a an understatement. Yeah. Um. He said they don't reflect who he is now. He said that he's learned a lot, and uh, and really there's nothing more he could say. Jesus he said that any. He said that the, the tweets were inexcusable. Were right. his words. Jason Aguilar has come out to his defense on Twitter as well. And Lorenzo Cain, who was also at the All Star game, who had to have to answer questions about this, it was a very bizarre post game situation with the All Star game. Uh, was he, he said he was a great teammate and a good guy, so um, he definitely didn't distance himself from Hater with those statements. Lorenzo Cain is a black star player, uh, for those who don't know who Lorenzo Cain is. Uh, my thing on Hater is look, obviously, he was a racist at some point. I mean, I don't know, I feel like there's that's pretty easy to say. No, oh, yeah, I mean, he obviously was a racist at some point. Could he have changed? 
that is very, I don't want to say very possible. It is possible, for sure. In theory. In theory, in theory, it's very possible. In real life, I'd say it's possible that that could have happened. Um, that's seven years from where, where we are today. Who knows what happens? But here's what, I, here's what I'll say about it. And it's really the only major... I have a lot of things to say about it. But the major point I want to make about it, because I don't have a lot of time here, is I think there's a little bit of a... Um, I feel a little uncomfortable about how racist behavior from sports athletes is way more either forgiven or your penalty is a slap on the wrist, which for him right now is only going to be sensitivity training, than I would argue almost any other heinous behavior, especially uh, something that isn't even heinous, which is like kneeling for the national anthem to combat uh, racism, racial inequality, police brutality against people of color. Those kind of acts seem to get more vitriol and actually more real punishment than people who make insane racism, racist, disgusting remarks. And that's a very disturbing situation I think we have in sports. I could talk about Richie Incognito after the Jonathan Martin thing. He goes away from football for a year, to be fair. But then he comes back to Buffalo. He has a great season in Buffalo. They sign him to a three-year, $15 million deal. I saw Riley Cooper, despite being one of the worst receivers in the league, he could call some dude an N-word at a concert. He can get a five-year, $25 million contract. I didn't see any team scaring off of drafting Josh Allen this year in the first round. He still went high in the first round of this year's draft after tweets came out about him using the N-word. There's been no situation where he has to do any sensitivity. He doesn't have to do any sensitivity training. All he has to do is explain himself to the locker room. Yeah, I haven't seen anything with that stuff. Um, Bill Romanowski had several jobs in the NFL. He was, he's been hired over and over again. I still see him show up on shows to talk about football. Uh, to to his credit, he actually does has done a lot of good stuff with the concussions, and uh, he's talked about the hyperbaric chambers, which we've seen in wrestling help Daniel Bryan um, come back to wrestle. So I mean, you know, I guess every devil has his day. He is doing some good out there, but he's been he's has already been on tape and has been has various different accounts of calling players racist epithets and things of that matter. And he had a very lucrative, long career, and he, we treat him like he's a normal dude in our society. Why is it that these dudes seem to still be given a second chance, or we treat them normally? We're not telling them to get knocked out of the country, or they should be fired from the league. But Ka- Kaepernick and Reed, some of these other dudes who want to just protest police brutality and, and, and you know racial injustice, they're trying to promote inclusion those guys are being told to get knocked out of the country. Those guys are being blackballed. I don't understand that. And that's something that needs to be explained and needs to be handled. That's setting an extremely bad example for where we are in professional sports. It's it's it's, it's tough. Because, actually, I think these leagues don't want to open up a, a can of worms that suggests that every player's old tweets... Are you're liable for punishment? That's what. That's what they're worried about. 
because I can guarantee you that one. I, I mean, as we've seen, I mean, I could have said back when Josh Allen that oh, Josh Allen's not the only guy with racist tweets out there, and Josh Hader would happen. I can guarantee you, Josh Josh Hader's probably not the only athlete with racist tweets. Maybe from in high school, but racist tweets out there. Can the one of his tweets happened two months before he was drafted by the Baltimore Orioles? Yeah, that was, was that the Trayvon Martin one. That one's fake, actually. That's not uh, a real. That one's fake. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why you don't you can't trust everything real. But there was there was one of the tweets though that was that he that were real were a couple months before he got drafted. Yeah, all of them happened before he got drafted. So you would think that teams. I would have hoped that that point would have been looking at his social media. Or the know. Orioles, would it should have. I mean, I I mean, we I have that. to assume maybe they didn't. We say but. that, but look at Josh Allen. We I didn't find it. out a day before the draft. I mean, we. I mean, maybe the teams knew, but we heard like but, teams but at were least like the Allen, but at least didn't the Allen, I agree, but at least the Allen tweets, they were years ago. I mean, the right, Baltimore right, right. Orioles, it would have took. Three scrolls on his Twitter feed probably to find those tweets. Was he, was he like a, a first round pick though? I don't remember where he was. You know, I, I mean, know. I mean, if he was like drafting the thirtieth round, I don't think they care. You know, they probably like whatever. He's going to college anyway. But no, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, it, I mean, it's not tough. This guy is. I mean, he put himself in a in a, in a obviously an awful position. He. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of the he he was 17 argument because, I mean, 17 years old. You know what you're saying, what you're not. And look, you can be a 17 year old racist. Oh, easy. It's, it's, uh, let's let's keep it 100 people. You could be 17 years old and be racist. That's yeah. not. That's <laughs> that's not some crazy idea. Yeah, and I mean, look, I I mean, we we've both been around a lot of white people. Um, a lot of people. They're the all, majority still. Yeah, and most people have. <laughs> And they're obviously like you. They most of them they 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 very much avoid using the n word yeah, at, at all costs. While I'm around, yeah, yeah, exactly. From yeah, exactly. From what I can tell, um, and so to use it so blatantly, like they, I mean, most of them know. Oh, I probably shouldn't say this publicly. But to use it on your Twitter, it's very, very public. When you use it, when you use it on your Twitter, you say it publicly, and then you add the tweets about the KKK yeah. and white power. And you add the ER to the. To I the, mean, because I heard all oh, these are rap lyrics. Maybe they are. I don't know. I don't recognize them. But all of them joints weren't rap lyrics. I read all. Yeah, yeah but white power is not. In a yeah, rap that's not a. I never. I didn't hear white power any song. I know. Yeah, yeah not, not any song I'm listening to. I'll tell you that. But regardless, uh, what I also know bars is, is trash. What I also got know white bar. There are no white rap power lyrics. bars. There are no rap lyrics with uh, the N word with an er at the end. No. So, <laughs> I mean, even if. Those were rap lyrics, and he just added the ER. That's still like, oh, okay, this is bad, man. And like someone said, like, this is not a dude who's from the middle of nowhere, you know, backwoods, south, something like that. This is a dude who's from an affluent area right outside of Baltimore City. Like, this is not, I mean, we, I'm not, look, again, the kid was 17, uh, he is that seven years ago. He's twenty four now. There, of course, he 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 
very well could have grown. He's more he savvy. He very well certainly. could be. Yes, he's certainly more savvy. There's nothing, no tweets like that now. Yeah. Now there were Bible verses on his thing. Yeah. Man, things have changed for him. Um, at the same time, though, this like this story that, oh, he's just some guy who's never been around black people, doesn't know anything, he's unsophisticated. I mean, that's not the case. There are levels to this stuff. Because. There's the first level. This happened. Re- this happened a lot recently. I mean, we had Dante DiVincenzo after the yeah. national championship game. Rap lyrics came out. You know, use the N word, and a couple of them people were like, "Yo, man, homie, don't use the N word." They were old tweets. Claimed he got hacked, quote unquote, according to the, according to the school, according to Villanova. Um, but I don't think people were gonna kill him on that. You know, I mean, he was, he was, those I think were legitimately rap lyrics that he was that he was tweeting out. So it's what I mean. It's whatever. Um, there's Josh Allen, who I believe who obviously was also using the N word, a little bit more uh, aggressive, from what I remember, and he had to legitimately explain himself. DiVincenzo never had to explain himself. That was never a, 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 a narrative during his draft process. Yeah, I didn't, was, I didn't oh, hear about it until you reminded me about it. Today. Remember the racist DiVincenzo tweets? I mean, they weren't racist. I would say that was racist right. was wrong, but they just used the N word. He used a slur. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. But. Um, the Allen tweets. There are the Allen tweets, and then either there are these, yeah. which are. I mean, this would have came from Richard Spencer. I would have been surprised. That's how aggressively yeah, racist. Yeah, exactly. They are. Um, but then again, the N word you're probably not going to find in every player's, every white player, Asian player. Where you're not going to find that, because most guys aren't that stupid to tweet the N word and on Twitter, public, and keep it on their thing. Uh, or even tweet that in general. Even if you are a racist, you know, like that's, I mean, you're, you're putting you're putting that out there. But is it more likely that we will find some of the guys with the same uh, homophobic sentiments? Mm-hmm. Or, like you said, the misogynistic sen- sentiments? And that's where, again, we may be finding slippery a, a slope. slippery slope. Exactly. Of like, it might end up being 20% of the league. Uh, if you pulled up all of their old tweets saying some crazy stuff and what's the punishment? I get it. I get the whole, there's a, there's definitely, so that's why they're playing it very much like on like the very safe, we'll just do some sensitivity training because they know if they ha- start hammering guys, every dude in the league, people are going to be looking for stuff. I agree. Just to Ken. hammer guys. I agree, Kendall. My and own- then now, now that affects the outcome of games. Right, yeah. Now you're going to have fans saying, look, I get the get, guys on the field. I can get guys suspended. Yeah. You know? Like, right. You yeah, know, yeah. I'm a bet. I, I picked this team to win the World Series. I can get this. Or my favorite team. I can get this dude out for five games. Now we win the division. Right. That, so that's the problem. I totally agree. There's, There's got to be, I think, in these leagues, some kind of protocol for past social media behavior. This is certainly conduct detrimental to the league. Exactly. What I will say, though is, again, I repeat the fact that it seems like there has been an appeasement attitude to me from these leagues when it comes to racist behavior because of the fact that Jonathan Mark, the, the Ricky Incognito situation, that wasn't a tweet. That was active NFL player doing this to his teammate. Yeah. He called him to do the N-word in a playoff game this year. Uh, yeah, uh, Riley Cooper, active NFL player at a concert, wilding out, calling some security guard the N-word. That was not a tweet. 
that was something that actually happened. You know, like oh, there are issues. Right <laughs> yeah. I'll be yeah, yeah. Right one guy, and then everyone else who may be black, I'll fight all of them too. Like they, these were active examples. You know, Bill Romanowski was in the NFL when those situations happened. Yeah, there's something about this, these leagues and this country that, for some reason, when these things happen, we have the normal original outrage. The guys. Maybe or maybe not come out with some statement apologizing or explaining themselves. And it seems like it's business as usual after that. And that's my my concern with that is if that's the case, then that makes the situation we're having with Kaepernick and with these players protesting national anthem. Um, I know it's different sports, but because those other two examples I keep mentioning are football, Josh Allen's a football example. It makes it more sticks in my sick in my stomach to see that kind of thing happen. When people who are doing heinous things to me, because racism is heinous, uh, and, and, and are acting in a heinous manner, and we're able to look past that and then eventually reward their performance, but not reward the performance of these black men who are kneeling for the national anthem to protest racism, there's a really serious problem with where we are in sports, and that's where we are today. Which to me, when I look at it, that's where we are. That's what it looks like to me. The the, the excuse is that it was it, for these guys is that they did it in high school, so you can't punish me for something. That but I said incognito and in Cooper; those were those were NFL. They were in the NFL. Well, to be fair, Cooper is out of the league, but only because he's terrible. He got signed to a five-year extension after that happened. Well, I mean, we could talk about Chip Kelly, who also isn't doesn't have the best rap. But <laughs> the Bills, Rex Ryan signed Richie Incognito after we he had a great about, season. We talk about Rex Ryan also. I'm just saying, <laughs> these teams have been but, willing to overlook. Bill Romanowski played on a lot of teams in the NFL during his career. Yeah, that was a, 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 fair enough. I'm just saying that, like... With, like, Allen and Hayter, those guys have had that excuse of, like, like, if those guys, if those guys tweeted that today, oh, those guys will never, especially Allen, I mean, he would have fell to, like, the fourth or fifth round. I mean, I can't, I can't see, a, 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 he would have gotten drafted because he was a first round talent, but, I mean, it would have really, uh, it would have really been tough. And Hayter, man, only because he's in baseball that he may have had a shot. Just given the demographic breakdown, but uh, yeah, Allen, it would have been tough, man. And then I, I'll be gonna go old school, which I have been Bill Romanowski. The Braves weren't looking to get rid of John Rocker until he couldn't. <laughs> he, he had need Tommy John surgery, whether it happened to his shoulder. Right. Like he said some of the most racist stuff you could say about people in New York City, and he was out there pitching in the playoffs against the Mets. Like it was, I mean, it was, it was serious, but. He was out there. There was no question about, oh, we're not going to throw him out there. We're going to suspend him. Are we going to take – I don't know if he might have suspended. I don't remember. But he, his career was not cut short because of that. His the, career I mean, was cut short because he couldn't pitch is, anymore. Uh, the only guy that I think has had seen drastic – recently has seen drastic things happen to him because of racism is Donald Sterling. Yeah, that was a totally different dynamic. Right. Well, one that was kind of the example I've pointed at, where like 
on tape, new video, you know, express like that. There's no, there is no excuse. There is no, that was 15 years ago. You know, like the, I mean, it's like the Donald Trump thing with the video, the Access Hollywood, the, the excuses that it was a long time ago. I don't know. But there's also the dude from the Dodgers who did the I thing, uh, or the dude from the Astros, rather, who did the I thing to you Darvish in the World Series. Yeah. Um, or the Spanish national basketball team. We totally forgot about them dudes. Before the, before the I think it was the Beijing Olympics. They did the slanted eyes things, too. That's another thing about this country, though. We Racism against Asians, we seem to totally, totally move on from quickly. Yeah. And, and those guys are in the NBA. I don't think those guys had any penalties. Yeah. Pow, Mark, Rubio, they were all in that video picture. You can look it up. It's not I'm not making something up. Right. Racist behavior in sports is just simply if you can play and you can produce it, there is not nearly as much penalty as there is if you fight racism. And what, right now, with the way if you stand, if you dare sit for the national anthem because you're against racial inequality, they want to throw you out of the league. Yeah, <laughs> and what's sad is that like, I I think it's because there is some I, there is some feeling of like there is a feeling there is a political feeling to racism. Where it's it's asinine. Makes you're no right. Sense, makes no sense. But I think people feel like it's like a debatable topic, and that like. I, I, if, if, like, if you do something that's racist, but it's on some, it's, there's, it's there's some gray some area, yeah, yeah, some gray area. What you're saying is that there, there should not be a gray area, that there should be a punishable. Or offense. if that, or that if you're going to be cool, this is how we're treating these things. We're going to make, I'm not going to say you're making excuses, but you're, you're making the points of why certain things aren't being acted upon. Then. We should not be treating people who are trying to fight racial inequality in worse ways. Yeah, yeah, that, that's I mean, the issue. But then that, I have, and again, but that and which is, I mean, both again look like political issues. Why? And then why are we choosing why? one side of the political spectrum if we're going from that exactly, standpoint yeah. over the other? Yeah, yeah. Even then, it's like those are if in theory are equals when they are obviously equals. But if we did look at it as equals, still. Those guys are staying in the league. These guys aren't. It goes back to why Kaepernick gets in the league. I don't know. Or Eric Reed. Is Eric Reed on the team yet? No. no Eric Reed's not in the league. That dude's black ball too. You know, he's done, man. It's sad. But his brother calls calls the probably got calls around in the draft because of the whole thing. Justin Reed. But um, no. But it, it's it really is a shame though because. I, because I do feel like, look, if a dude stood or uh, kneeled for the national anthem, it would be more harmful to their long term future than if some tweet eight years ago came out of them being members of the KKK. <laughs> you know, it'd be like, whoa, that was eight years ago, so. And, and that that tells me that is a I don't think you're wrong. That's a scary place we're in. If that's the case. All the excuses, man. Terrible. Rap lyrics, hat eight years ago. Terrible. Um 
quickly, I, I teased the Revis thing. Uh, Revis retired 11 years, multiple times, all pro, pro bowler. As Kendall likes to always point out, Pitt football, great. Arguably the greatest player in Pitt football history. But, I mean, not as a player, but in terms of NFL success. Pitt's had some great players. Dan, he's, he's not better than Dan Marino. Well, what were you going to say about Darrell Revis? Here's what I'll say about Darrell Revis. I teased, a, I teased a great hot take about Darrell Revis. Um, Revis is going to the Hall of Fame. He will be first ballot. There's no debate from us on that. Darrell Revis, to me, you guys know I'm a almost lifelong New Yorker. I, the last two or three years I've been in Pennsylvania. But I live most of my life in New York City. Diehard Jets fan. Watched Revis in his prime every week on Sunday. I guess the Monday and Thursday games or whatever. I mean, games right there. But watched his entire career as a Jet. You didn't watch those Thursday games. No, no. Back then, I was watching. If they were Thursday no games, well, first of all, back then they weren't that many in his prime. When I'm talking about, right. they weren't that many. So they were there. I watched them. Those were the worst games of the of the year. But regardless, what I will say about Revis's time as a Jet, it was incredible. I never seen anything like it. I've said this statement before, and I'm gonna say it again. In my lifetime of watching sports, which to me pretty much stems from 1998, I would say. I'm seven years old. Till now, 2018. So it's 20 years. Duar Revis is the best New York athlete I've ever seen. I think the only people in his class are Mariano Rivera, Alex Rodriguez, Michael Strahan. I think those are the only people I would put in his class. What about Derek Jeter? Derek Jeter is a great player. When I say best player, I mean individual talent. Dominant. Yeah, but even more so, just individually, this guy, in terms of what he does for his position and what he can do. In ter- Jeter's a great player, but, I mean, Jeter was rarely ever an MVP candidate-type player. He was never the best player in baseball. He was a captain. He was an unbelievable leader. He was extremely clutch. Jeter is an, is an unbelievable great player. And I wrote, a, I wrote a column years ago about how I hated there was this movement to bashed Jeter's career at the end of his career. I didn't get it. It was like, oh, Jeter wasn't that good. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, that's really all I can say. I'm not even a Yankee fan. But it's like, what? Like, get out of here. So I'm not trying to diss Jeter at all. But I'm talking about individual talent in terms of this one guy and what he brings to the table as a talent individually. There is no one like Darrell Revis that I've seen. Darrell Revis, I would argue, in his time, was playing the toughest position of maybe any position in fo- in any sport. Playing cornerback in today's NFL, I-, I mean, that's like I mean, it's like good luck. You can't grab anybody, you can't do anything. The rules are completely against you. Um the receivers that they're cracking out now are all six foot three, two hundred pounds. They all, all got they do is they all run a four four flat. Um these teams are throwing the ball fifty times a game. This is not your Deion Sanders era when teams were only throwing 20, 25 times. The offensive, the route tree was very short, small. They didn't yeah. do that many pass plays. And Revis was as dominant a player as you could possibly be with those circumstances. I saw this guy week after week. It could have been Calvin Johnson, Tyrell Owens, Chad Johnson, Steve Smith. You name it, Larry Fitzgerald. I saw this guy week after week after week after week. For two years in a row, 09 and 2010. And in 2011, he was awesome too. He also made All-Pro that year. Just shut these guys down. 
Not one of these guys could get anything on this. They couldn't touch him. I've never seen anything like that before. And when you consider that his his ability was one of the main reasons the Jets' defense was so strong and got them one game away from the Super Bowl in two years in a row, I got to say, for me, I, look, Mariano was unbelievable. Uh, and I think that, to me, he's the other guy. When I say, who would be that next guy? It was why I said him for us. I said, Mariano Rivera's right there. Um, but besides Mariano and maybe A-Rod, Strahan had the sack record, um, and he was crazy, too. If I'm, if I'm going with my best New York athletes, I'm going I'm going uh, for what I've seen. Again, I can't, I, I can't speak to Ewing. I can't speak to Lawrence Taylor. There are plenty of other guys I can't speak to. For the 20 years of 98 to 2018, Revis, for me, is number one. That's tough. Um, it's tough because there aren't. It's hard to statistically prove what I'm saying. The only way to do that is if for me to literally, which they were doing at the time, but I'd have to literally show you his matchup and show you that that guy caught like two passes for 15 yards in his game against this team and his game against that team. You have to look at the numbers, and to be fair, NFL is getting football statistics are getting better. Was showing cornerback value based on their individual performances from game to game. Yeah. But back then, it still wasn't quite the where we are now. If we had stuff we'd have now, I mean, what Reeves was doing, was just, it was unheard of. Guys caught, taking one side of the field away, that just didn't, that doesn't happen anymore and didn't happen before him because the game changed. Right. He brought that back in a way that we've never seen. I'm standing by it. And Mel's not, no, not looking. He's not. I can't say he was good as those other guys I named. So no. I mean, he's in the class. He's in the ten. I guess top ten. I would say, but the elite class or the guys I named. And then like then like Jeter would be that next class, and then Melo, and you know, there's another class of players in there. Piazza. I mean, David well, Wright. Revis might have been the best player in the league at that point. So you can make the case. It's probably not that crazy. I mean, if he's the best player in the league, he might be the best player in the in the city. Uh, it's, it, I mean, it's incredible to think. I guess, I mean, I guess the only thing I would say is that, like, cornerbacks very rarely have such an impact on the game. I mean, he had a big impact. I'd argue he, he, that's what so made him great. special. But, I mean, maybe if you, if you weighted value, and you probably say the same thing about Mariano as a closer, but if you weighted value versus talent, maybe he might not be number one. But talent-wise, I agree he would be number one. Wow. Well, I mean, you made a compelling argument. Well, thank you. <laughs> now, like I said, maybe if you look at it and you say, and also he's a pick guy. I'm not a fan of Reeves. But if if you said, look, Reeves was great, but, I mean, Eli as a quarterback, I'm not going to say Eli made better, but Eli as a quarterback winning two Super Bowls right. is more valuable than Revis being a great corner, maybe you can make that case. I don't know, but I agree that for what he's for what he did, I mean, he was incredible and shut down any, any wide receiver that I mean, you could track the stats. Any wide receiver he faced, it was crazy. Those when those he, two he years, getting over hundred yards, <laughs> it was great. You were giving him like seventy yards. Yeah. Like he just, it wasn't Stevie Johnson, the only guy that could ever get on him for some reason. Yeah. If it wasn't him, everyone else, you were getting nothing from this guy. Shutting down Randy Moss and stuff. 
The only we, we knew it was over when Randy Marsh started getting touchdowns on him. I was like, oh man, Reeves is slowing down. Yeah. He, Randy Marsh is he's like getting nothing on Darrell Reeves. Yeah, he's pulling hammies while Randy Marsh catching one handed passes. That was the beginning of the end. I think that was that 2011 season. But and I'm talking about just prime of their career. I'm taking take Reeves's prime against any other player's prime in New York City from 1998 to 2018. I'm taking Darrell Reeves. Quickly, Kendall World Cup, Viva La France. The Frenchmen win. Any quick thoughts on that? They beat uh, Croatia. They kind of beat them down a little bit. I, on this show, I forgot how long ago this was. I had, uh, it might have been when we, it was before the World Cup preview that we did. I don't remember when this was. But I had talked about, um, might have been last year for the Euro Cup. I had talked about Mbappe. Killing Mbappe, I said that this kid was going to be a factor. I didn't think, oh, this kid might have a chance to, you know, score a goal in the World Cup final and score two goals in a World Cup game and... Basically be Pele. Yeah, yeah basically. Because Pele's the only Pele. guy who's done those things. Yeah, he did that at 17. I know. Man. I mean, that's just like... That's why he's the greatest. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's incredible. But regardless, um, that's so... The one thing that that I'm good for on this show, besides everything else, is I'm good for. Uh, <laughs> I'm good for besides everything I do. Yeah, exactly. Here's another thing I'm good at is spotting. I I, I feel like I I've, I generally when I mention a guy on this show before they're before they're big names, they're uh, at least in the general casual uh, aspect. Um, they at some point surface in that conversation. Yeah, I think that you have done a good I job of introducing of curve, us yeah. to the Shohei Atanis, the Luka Doncic, Tua. Tua, yeah. Uh, a lot oh, yeah. of guys were yeah. not household names. I was like, look, man, look out for this kid. He'll, he's going to be a name. Yeah. And these guys eventually... Now, again, I don't feel like I'm a Nostradamus. <laughs> I mean, all these guys are top prospects, but there are also a lot of busts that I do not mention. But sometimes you know... When a guy, sometimes you know, oh, when a guy is the Babe Ruth of Japan, he'll probably be a good player in Major League Baseball. Or if a guy is EuroLeague MVP at 18, he'll probably be a top three. He'll probably be pretty good. <laughs> you know, so, um, so no, yeah, I, I feel, but I felt good about Kylian Mbappe, and he's, uh, he's been everything that, or more than I would have thought. Yeah, now nah, he's a household name. Uh, I thought Francis Rome was really fun to watch. They're a really fun team, really fast, really athletic. Play with a lot of charisma. Is, um, is, is he going to be the next guy? I mean, that's what everyone's saying. Some people thought, I mean, most people figure, look, it was Neymar and then after Neymar. Yeah, I mean, to me, Neymar is the, the next, next guy. Best player. He's the next best player in the world. I mean, with Messi and Ronaldo, whenever those guys finally come off, it yeah. just seems like that, that that time seems nowhere in sight, especially so if skilled. you watch Ronaldo this World Cup. Yeah. But, like, Whenever their time ends, it seems like obviously the next guy is Neymar, but there's nobody even close after him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who the next guy is after him that has that same star power. Right, exactly. You know, you, there are great players that are top five players. Yeah, in the world. Eden Hazard is yeah, a great exactly. player. Eden Hazard is the only guy I would say is close. That yeah, like, Lewandowski is a great player. You know, he might have that same cachet. Right. To say, oh, I'm the best player in the world, but he's great too. He, he's far off. And he but, had a great World Cup also. Um, but what Mbappe is doing at his age, it's not crazy to say that next World Cup cycle, I mean, he might be 
a top three player in the world. And we love the goal scorers. Like, you yeah. know, like he, he he's a goal scorer. Exactly. You know, uh, it's, you know, Ronaldinho wasn't the, quite the goal scorer, and we adored him as the greatest player in the world. But I feel like recently, your Ronaldo's, your Messi, the guys who get you goals, those are the guys that we have been, have been fawning over. I don't know if, you know, Eden Hazard is a great player. He's not the goal scorer Mbappe is, though. So it seems like Mbappe is lined up to have that spot if he continues on his track, which is hard to believe he won't. And even if he doesn't, man, he's still a legend. He's a legend. He won yeah, the World already Cup he's a legend. He could retire 18, tomorrow 19. and he'd be a legend. He won a World Cup. He, he's the best young player in the tournament. He set records. I mean, what he did was remarkable. What that whole team did remarkable. It was remarkable. Shout out to them. I really hope next time the U.S. are involved so that it's even more fun. I thought this World Cup was a great World Cup. Kendall, let's wrap it up, Kendall. What we got with your Kendall's court? Well, at Ken- well for Kendall's court, EJ, it's college football media day season. Okay. So we had the SEC, EJ, and the ACC. Uh, so the real conference, the ACC. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, people go over the SEC. Nobody cares about that. You know. But regardless... Um, the ACC and the SEC have, uh, their media days have been underway. Um, so I want to talk about what the biggest storyline in each conference will be. Um, in the SEC, you have obviously the national champions, Alabama, with two quarterbacks that have played in the national championship game with Tua Tungo-Vailoa, who I mentioned uh, in our last segment, as well as Jalen Hurts. We talked about that controversy at Nauseam uh, back in February. You got Georgia, the runner-ups, who have Jake Fromm back at quarterback, but lost their two running backs, but still have DeAndre Swift at running back. Also bringing a number one recruiting class that includes the number one quarterback, Justin Fields, who you would think might have a shot at pushing from not – initially, but at some point during the season. And I also look at, will there be, well, one, I guess really the third storyline I see I'm going to be paying attention to is Dan Mullins at Florida. Yeah. So Florida, um, obviously Dan Mullen came from Mississippi State. The, he was Tebow's offensive coordinator, or Meyer's offensive coordinator while Meyer was at Florida. And Mullins did an excellent job at Mississippi State. I mean, Literally as good of a job as anyone could ever do at Mississippi State. The fit at Florida seems seamless. I always thought he would have been a good fit in Miami. Mark Brick's done a fine job, so I'm, no one no one at Miami is complaining, certainly. Right. But um, you have to wonder. You know, People in, in, in the SEC say, look, Mullen could never beat Saban. But he was at Mississippi State. Yeah. At Florida... He's going to recruit dudes. I mean, he was recruiting good at Mississippi State for Mississippi yeah, State. He was, yeah, he was getting was. top 20 recruiting classes. But at Florida, those top 20 recruiting classes will be top five. And Florida might be legit in like three, might in, in maybe three years. Generally, I'm good at calling when there's a new coach. Like, this team will be legit in year one. Or they won't be Except legit in year one. Except for Kiffin. You keep saying every team that has Lane Kiffin is going to be good. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, they, look... FAU was legit last right, year, man. Yeah, FAU. They, they won. They lost like what? Um, any game? any legit team <laughs> like, that he's on. Any FAU, legit team that he's on, you keep FAU saying they're, they're, they're trash. You know they were. <laughs> yeah, man. How did SC and Tennessee go? 
But, you know, with Urban Meyer, you know, Jim Harbaugh, I thought I was pretty decent on. I don't think, and also Tom Herman, I told you, wasn't going to impact anything for Texas. No, you were right with on. that. I was like, no, nah, they're still going to be whack. It may take, it'll, they'll get good when they start getting players, but then I wouldn't, they don't have the talent base. I think Florida will not win the SECs. That's all I'll say. They're not good enough to beat Georgia. Though I do think. I mean, that's, I don't think that's. I don't think that's crazy. I think that's obvious. Amen. I saw I saw someone I don't know I don't know I don't can't remember if it's even anyone who's like famous or has any authority. I just thought it was funny because I'm a Miami fan. I saw someone do an in-state ranking of the Florida college football teams. Well, look, that's a legit. There were about five teams. Miami came in number one. FSU was number two. UCF was three. FAU was four. Oh snap! I I think South Florida was five, and then Florida was six. That you being disrespectful. That's just disrespectful. Nah, they're just clowning for it. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, Florida I, is trash, B. If you want my legitimate rankings, I would go Miami 1. I agree. I would go UCF 2, the national champs. Then I would go Florida. You go Florida over Florida State? They yeah. have Francois coming back. Yeah, Florida State. Uh, Francois. I'm not worried about that guy. That guy's kind of whack anyway. You think Francois is whack? Yeah, nah. Well, he's a knucklehead. That, that's no, okay, I, that I agree with. And then, then FSU. Then I'm going. I can't put FAU over South Florida. I'll, put, I'll, put, I'll go South Florida FAU, but I guess it doesn't really matter. They both won't compete. But I think Florida's the way Florida farther. joke. I think Florida. That's funny though. I think Florida's further away than you think. I, I do think that that was. So you think? I think that was wildly disrespectful. I, but I don't. I mean, there might be four. I'm saying I don't think. So you think? I don't know if they they, they ain't that top three. Uh, That'd be a rough for a season. No, I don't think well, they get this year. Did they even make a bowl this year? I don't think Florida was. They were terrible this year. Yeah, they were. Oh yeah, Mac because away, we have yeah. called them the three six mafia. Yeah, <laughs> Florida State, Florida, Florida three six mafia. Yeah. Like they were three and six at one point. Yeah. So I mean, those were they were terrible last year. I mean, Florida's got. Well, so what? What? What's your long biggest? Way to go? What's your biggest story in the SEC? Oh, uh, the SEC. Um, I mean, it's got to be the the quarter battle. Alabama quarter, yeah. is is is, is, is Saban really gonna go through with Tua? Um, I feel like he's got it. Hurts have a shot. Even I mean, I don't. I don't know why Hurts is still there. He keeps saying I'm a transfer if I don't get the job. It's like you just call. You ain't gonna get the year, job, man. <laughs> you just cost. He's wasting. Like, he's wasting time. Yeah, you just cost yourself like six months in a new system. So that's uh, gonna be to me the story to watch. Cause I think the SEC actually I don't think is that interesting this year. I think really. Jordan, I think Georgia and, and Alabama. Are oh yeah, they'll be back by far better than everyone else. Yeah, I don't see any other LSU or Edward Ron is just kicking his tires until no. he's out of a job. Auburn's like always a wild card. Auburn, they Auburn, do bring back Jared Stidham. Auburn's a good team, but and they got Alabama last year, but I, I just feel like they ain't getting Alabama again. And Georgia this right? time. Uh, no, they lost in the regular season. They did. Yeah, they beat Georgia. In the yeah, they had a great regular season. Um. They ain't getting Alabama again, not in Brian Denny Stadium this time. Right. So, I, again, I think there's a lot, there's less intrigue in that conference this year than maybe in past years. Uh, the ACC, um, what's going to happen with Clemson's quarterback is going to be fascinating. Today. Yeah. I mean, the ACC, you've got, like you mentioned, Kelly Bryant versus Trevor Lawrence. Exactly. Who, you know, I told you about Justin Fields. There are certainly plenty of people that think Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback exactly. coming out of high school. You know, he definitely was a better high school quarterback than Justin Fields. He may not project and, like Fields does. But. And Brooke looked like he saw his what 
like we saw what his peak was when he saw that Alabama defense. Yeah, exactly. I was like, you oh, can't okay, say this guy is good, but yeah. if he goes this similar kind of to Jalen Hurts. When we saw Jalen Hurts against Georgia, we were like, oh, this is a smoke and mirror. Yeah, this stuff doesn't work. So we look at Kelly Bryant; it might be the same thing. Where look, this kid uh, Trevor Lawrence was lighting it up at the spring game. We know he's got upside. He just might not be ready from day one, but we know he he's more farther along than this other guy. So, or he may not be farther along, but he will be at some point. He's more talent. So, does Dabo make the change? Does he say, "Look, I'm gonna do what's best for the team long term," as opposed to what the popular decision will be in the locker room, which would be to stick with the veteran? Um, the you, obviously, your boys yeah. would be my second storyline. Uh, Rick is is going. Uh, he said he's going with Rozier. Did he? He said that today, which was uh, about face from spring when he was saying it was an open competition. I don't know if that means Rozier the won the job in spring because the word the, the word seemed like I was hearing was that it seemed very open. Like yeah. it, he didn't like he didn't run away with it. Um, we he he's being pushed by a sophomore and a freshman really, um, but definitely uh, the sophomore Nico, uh, uh Perry Nikosi Perry, um, who was highly recruited and looked at as. Rick's quarterback of the future, the first quarterback Rick recruited there. I saw Rick said that Williams and Williams is gonna play is a freshman. Apparently, there's good. a new rule that like freshmen can play four games and still get a redshirt. Oh, so he guaranteed that we will see uh, Jaron Williams. I need to find what where the blocks he sees because they ain't gonna be in week one. Yeah, <laughs> LSU with the, yeah. The like, are we just gonna blow four games, or are we just gonna blow like snaps for this guy in four games? Or maybe they feel like I mean, maybe unless I mean unless Rick thinks he's confident, he's like, "Yo, we're gonna be smacking teams." So yeah. you're, you're gonna be seeing the third string. Or he's like, "Look, man, this kid Rozier, he's not gonna last." Four <laughs> yeah, yeah he's gonna start, but he ain't gonna last. <laughs> um, um, but then also, like, what does that mean for the Cozy Perry? Yeah, like Ooh. or you can't play three quarterback. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think it's college football on, is weird. You hear some weird stuff from coaches in, before training camp and oh yeah, media day. That's not. I don't think we're gonna see him four times. I would be surprised. Um. My other stories, though, would be, uh, or my other story, I guess, well, one, what team, what, is there any other team that can surface out of the ACC besides Miami and Clemson that of any relevance? Oh, uh, Virginia Tech. Right. I think Virginia Tech, I feel like they, they bring back Josh Jackson. Yep. So, you would think that they have a shot, but they've had a lot of controversy, from what I understand. Their, I think their offensive coordinator just quit, you know, or he lost his job. Whole, you know, he's using recruiting uh, the recruiting budget to have an affair. He lost Jesus his job. Christ. Yeah, he was bad. So he uh, went yeah. Bobby Petrino. You know, if he if, if he uh, <laughs> if, if I don't know if that will hurt the team or not. I'm sure it will have an effect. But regardless, Virginia Tech would be there. Louisville post Lamar Jackson. We'll see what they are. Obviously, I'm a big Pitt fan. Got to give them a shout-out. Got my boy Kenny Football, Kenny Pickett, who, I mean, look, his, we installed him at the end of the year, and he went out and beat Miami. So there's certainly a lot of optimism. You're keep reminding me of that. Your your, your non-bowl games, you, you didn't even make one. We are, <laughs> There's certainly a lot of optimism around Kenny Pickett in the Pitt program, so we'll see what happens there. But my, I guess the most interesting thing for me, or, or unfortunately what could have been very interesting is that, look, Florida State hired Willie Taggart. Yep. Willie Taggart is a fun, fun coach, from what I understand. Yep. And what could have been, EJ, 
Willie Taggart was in talks with Prime, Deion Sanders, to be the defensive back coach. Wow. At Florida State. Fell through. I don't know what happened. Deion wasn't really going to take that. He wasn't going to take the job. He said he was thinking about it, though. I'm sure the nostalgia, he loves his school. He talks about it a lot. I think Deion gets jealous that, like, I don't think that no, the FHU players rep their school as much as the you guys do. And he's always around a lot of you guys, wherever TV network he goes to, because we're everywhere. I think that he tries to, like, he tries to front that, he tries, yeah, he tries to put that energy and pride into the program that isn't quite matched. For whatever reason, I don't know. I kind of don't know why. They've also had a lot of great players. I don't know. I think the difference is guys don't aren't going to Tallahassee to work out or be around the program. Right. It's like once you're gone, it's like all right, peace. The guys in Miami love going back because a lot of times those guys play in Buffalo or play in like Minnesota, so they love going back to Miami. And also, I feel like work out Miami's and be had the better NFL players in Florida State. So I'm sure that's a fight on some blocks in Florida. I. I I would, I mean, I'm like going to say yes just because it's Miami. Like, I don't know Because, like, James Winston true. reps FSU because he's a high-profile Florida State player. But, like, they don't have nearly the high-profile amount of NFL players that Miami does. I mean, for a while Again, they did. I agree. I'm just saying that that's a fight on a lot of blocks in Florida. I'm sure that. I'm trying to think. Who, like, maybe some more guy from Florida State that would, like, be able to rep Florida State. That are in the NFL now? Or, or like, even, in, like, I mean, were. You have the kid from Jacksonville. Oh yeah, Ramsey. Ramsey's yeah, he stud. doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't really as much. Uh, neither does Dalvin. I mean, Dalvin Cook's Dalvin been Cook, the year, but he hasn't really played. Um, but like, even I'm talking like guys like the back in when Ray Lewis was I mean, playing. Yeah, Derek, Derek Brooks. Uh, yeah, Derek Brooks worked on. Peter Bulware worked on. Um, I feel like a different kind of dudes though. We're not talking about like the cool, outlandish, yeah, different swag, brash. For sure. Like Deion Sanders was that. So yeah. he's able to go out there and be he more yeah. like a Miami guy. Right. These other guys Vernius Coles, Peter Warwick. Yeah. I feel like the Florida State I think like Florida, Randy Moss. I feel like Florida State State's had honestly, I feel like Florida State's had a lot of busts. They have. But they've had guys kind of drafted right, high who didn't turn out as they have well. great college They have players. other great players, they said work done and I mean Derek Brooks is a Hall of Famer. But they had no personality. Right. Because they weren't Hyped coming out. Let me look that up. Who are the greatest players that are playing Florida State? I mean, now I am curious. The you guys just could you could roll I mean, up. Having a trophy Tom. winner, yeah. you know, playing Charlie point guard for the Knicks. Right. You know? Um, and their other Heisman Trophy winner is Chris Winkie. Yeah. <laughs> Spent like a, who's, who's, a, a year in the league. Who did more coaching than playing yeah, in the NFL. Yeah, already. <laughs> the only thing you have to say about Chris Winkie is dude was at the Heisman Trophy presentation like a year after you won it. But, well, that's not good. Oh, you got Xavier Woods. I mean, Xavier, oh, Xavier Rhodes. Rhodes. Yeah, Xavier Woods is a, is a wrestler. And a safety for the Cowboys. Can't forget that. <laughs> that's true. There's <laughs> two Xavier Woods. <laughs> but uh, out of Louisiana Tech. Um, I mean, they have great players in the NFL. Yeah. In NFL history, I mean, it's a football and factory. Look, I mean, I'm a Vikings fan. I never see Xavier Rhodes repping FSU at all. And I can guarantee you this whole Jimbo Fisher going to A&M thing. I didn't mention that in the SEC, but this whole Jimbo Fisher going to the A&M thing will not help the... Uh, we got Sebastian Janikowski. Oh, the great Alex, Alex Barron, who had the worst performance in the football How is he on history. any list? <laughs> he was a good, he was a good oh, college player. Oh, he was the best college player? I think so. I think oh, they're okay. talking about college, yeah. I'm like, this guy was a bum. <laughs> like, Howard Butler was a great player. 
I'm like, how is he on any list of the best FSU players of all time? I didn't Man. know Jamie Dukes went to. I didn't know he went oh, to. Jamie Dukes. He, he, that's the problem. Guys, you never rep. This dude on NFL Network every day. Never rep Florida State, man. Terrell Buckley was a very good player. I've talked about Peter Bowler. <laughs> but it's funny. I agree. There aren't the, like the Marvin Jones, decent guy. I mean, player. the U. If you did the top twenty, you'd just yeah, name. I don't have to. I don't have to find a list. It would name like all those guys would have been Pro yeah. Bowlers. You wouldn't five. have to find a list. I'm a Miami fan, but like anybody does have to find a list. You yeah. know the guys. It's exactly. Sapp, it's, Lamar, it's Ray Lewis, it's Reggie Wayne. It's just Ed Reed, Sean Ed Reed, Taylor. Sean Taylor. It's all the great guys you've seen in the last couple of years. Court. You can do position by position. Willie, 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 like, yo, Willie, Willis McGahee. Let's just go running backs. Willis McGahee, Frank Gore, Frank Gore. Quentin Portis. <laughs> and that was another four-year stretch. Ed, Edron James. That was like, a four-year stretch. Like, I can go Lamar Miller. I can go ten. I can go for like minutes on just the running backs. Yeah, wow. It's not the same. It isn't. You're right about that. Um, this has been a fun show. Yep. We looked at the rundown. We weren't sure, but I think this ended up being a great podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. We're always sure, EJ. Nah. <laughs> I was like, never leave any doubt. Um, be sure. To, and we knew it was going to be good. His question is, uh, will it be engaging on the topics? But I think we did a good job. So, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast as always. We'll be back next week with more sports talk. Also, check out our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Um, they should be getting a lot more content up there soon. I'll have some time off. And I'll have some time off. So you'll be seeing some stuff on there for sure. Keep an eye on that. Subscribe at us. New Generation Media. Follow us on Twitter at New Generation Pod or on Facebook, New Generation Media. Follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart. And follow uh, me on Instagram, uh, Action EJ. That does it for now. We'll be back next week with more sports talk. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.